I can look that up. Daylight come. We are recording. Oh, oh daylight come that you want to go home. <laughs> you really? You caught me, man. You caught me. Oh, um, guys. So, hello, guys. Good to have you back. Hey. We survived. We survived the ride over here. <laughs> no, I'm talking the year. No, we still got this year ahead of us here to prepare for. I'm talking about the previous year, and it's so good to have you here. Thank yeah, you. It is seriously. Um, I want to do a quick announcement. We have two actually. One, we now have a YouTube channel, not the Anime Roundtable, not very original. Still kind of working on it. And we have an MMM fight, MMA fight happening in Trussellville, Alabama on January 3rd. Get your pay-per-view at strikehardproductions.com if you're interested. And um, one, one last disclaimer, I apologize we haven't been doing this more consistently. We've been uh, trying to dodge COVID during the past eight, nine months. And uh, most of us have uh, made it through, and I hope all of you being safe. Um, we're going to try to ramp things up in 2021. Thank you for bearing with us. And we're going to start the show. Hello, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. This is Ronald. This is Alex. And our host, Da-da-da, Cam. Ren. And today, <laughs> we are talking about the best video games of 2020. Probably what we all were doing since we were all trapped at home for the most part. <laughs> but for, so for this, we are going to be talking mostly about our own experiences with video games, and these are all going to be new games. You know, once they came out in twenty twenty. To except, be debatable. <laughs> well, except for one that you know is definitely debatable. Debatable, but without giving spoilers, we'll give that to you when we get to it. Okay. But from now, from there on, let's get to it. But first off, let's start this off with one dishonorable mention: Resident Evil Three Remake. Okay. This game freaking sucked. So. So I heard yeah. of it. Heard of it? I didn't play it. So. Okay. Didn't play it. Uh, it did not suck. It was just an. Let down, and that's even worse than it sucking. Because with it, if something so something that qualifies entertaining to me is that it has to be one, it has to make me feel something, love it or hate it, it has to make me feel something, and especially a video game. Number two, this is important the gameplay's got to be addicting, it's got to have me coming back. Like, I'm at work or whatever, I'm out about, and my first thought is, you know what, can't wait to go home and play it. Resident Evil 3 was just a letdown it didn't have any it didn't want me to come back and play it even though i've already okay so this is a disclaimer i have one more run to do uh, on that game i have the inferno run but at this point it's just i'm going through the motions okay and i'm doing it for an achievement at this point all right well i, I that. definitely let down definitely right. very, very respectful response i like that all right Alex. well i well i played resident evil 2 the year prior in 2019 and that was that was one of my favorite games of 2019. It was a great remake. Yes. It was very well produced. Mm-hmm. Mr. X was just one of the best parts of the game. So I thought that going into going to going into Resident Evil 3 remake, I was like, oh my god, now we're getting two, we're getting three. And so that means it's just is gonna that be mean, it's just gonna awesome. be epic, you know? And then it's not. Like 
The game is only four hours long, or like five, a, five like hours long. No, yeah, I finished it five hours long. Five hours. Five hours long at most, depending on what difficulty you play on. And honestly, the biggest letdown for me was Nemesis himself. I thought he was going to be like Mr. X on steroids because he could run, he could jump high above you. Machine gun. Or just one simple thing. Just be out and about. Yeah, be out and about because that's how he was in the original Resident Evil 3. In the original Resident Evil 3, he would just pop up on occasion. He and, did. And like it would be very much random, you know, like how Mr. X was, only he, only this one, only this time he was much more aggressive. I will but, say, there was one cool thing, not to... Take uh, talk about RE2 too much. Uh, no, please. So there was this thing. I've never played original Resident Evil games. This new remake was the introduction to that, and I'm loving it. I hate horror games, but this franchise has done something to me where it's just it's so addicting. And Resident Evil 2 was a good example of just being a great game overall, replayability and all that. Uh, what is it? The Tyrant, Mr. X. A lot of people were upset at the original playthrough because they were like, "Oh, he doesn't bust through the walls." But, uh, that's, but, but you can actually... But that's because it's unscripted. That here's can the happen. Thing. If you play it on your second run, depending, uh, every now and then he will pop through one specific wall. And I just thought that was a good, cool little Easter egg going back to the original game. Uh, and, you know, just even that. But RE3 was just... It was a letdown. It was a disappointment. And, yeah. and to top it off, the dialogue was just not as good as the original. And that's saying something because the, th- the originals had some really cheesy dialogue with some really cheesy voice acting. Stars. Okay. I'll um, give you stars. Star. Yeah, and that's the that pro- was actually in the game, mind you. Yeah. Well, no, that was in, yeah, that was the that was the final line for Jill to the to the nemesis in Resident Evil Three, and it was actually not that bad of a line, you know, where she uses a giant laser cannon to 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 kill it because you just can't kill this thing and you know even that's not enough to to deliver the final blow so she so she picks up a magnum shoots him like five times and then right before emptying it she says you want stars i'll give you stars and then said they and said in the remake they just swap that out where she tries to distract it from the from the rest of uh carlos's team and it just did not feel as good. It's, it's right there. It is in the... Okay, so it is in the remake, yes. Yes. And it's a throwaway line to the point where if Nemesis hits you, the dialogue isn't said at all. Uh, so I was like, interesting. I, because I've only played a remake, prefer the the ending, what she says. I think she says, take a fucking hint, and then I, she blasts him. <laughs> I don't think... It, it, it didn't, I sl- it didn't I, hit That didn't stick way. with me because... But I like it, though. No, no but well, I understand completely. I'm like, let, there's let just something it. that's a 90s good... No, yes. I yes. thought that was I thought that was just stupid. The because, Stars one? No, not the Stars no, no, one. No, no, yeah, Star, Star. the Stars. The Stars one was good, but yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying is the, the, the last line she says where she's, he's like... Where she's like, next time, take a fucking hint. Mm-hmm. That okay, to quote this one YouTuber I watched, Dartigan, who does like a cinema stance thing for video games, he says, they need to quit doing throwaway lines like this that reference dating. You know? <laughs> Actually, it's funny you should mention that. Uh, I, when I first saw that scene, okay I, I watched Wild okay Goose. Um I kind of got the same vibe, too. Yeah. Interesting. Like, was, why does this sound like a dick? I don't Why know. does this sound like a date? Overall, because we live in a scary world where people oh, can't take a hint. Over, 
Okay, overall, <laughs> overall, to wrap this entry up, I will say Resident Evil 3 was a major letdown yes, for me, and 100%. I hope Capcom really brings their A game when they remake Resident Evil 4, I which we know is happening. they remake the first... I understand they've remade the first one, like, what, twice already? I hope they just go ahead, PS... You know, this next generation, make well, maybe, uh, remake maybe, the first one. Maybe they will, but bottom line, yeah. I'm just saying Capcom... Actually, I'm surprised they haven't done that already. All right. Well, let me put it this way: Capcom, when it comes to when it comes to Resident Evil Four, you need to bring your A game for that remake, oh. and don't let us down with Village. Okay. So, uh, one quick thing before we go off of this game. Uh, again, I've never played it, but everyone says that there was a part taken out called the Clock Tower from mm. the remake. There was the Clock Tower, and there were a bunch of different enemies okay. that were cut out. Instead, they the Clock Tower makes only one small appearance. Yeah. When you're and, when you're getting fighting, off the subway, yeah, yeah. and then we get that just. Stupid-looking nemesis second form. Thought it was cool. Uh, but yeah, I. Do you think that they'll do it for possibly they may re, if they remake four? Do you think that it's no, they, too no. long of a game to take it that they would take here's, anything? Here's out? what I say. I think I think four had a lot of padding in it at first. Looking mm-hmm. back on it, so if they're gonna take anything out, here's one thing I do hope they take out. The escort missions with Ashley. Oh, the the president's daughter. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe they could include maybe one or two points in that, but maybe cut a lot of that out because there were a lot of points where you had to like cover her while she was you yeah. know operating a crank, and it just was tedious as hell. So well, they I, could add what they've done with Revelations, and it's like a co-op. No, 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 no. That that just wouldn't feel as scary. No. No. I'm easily scared, but yes, with other people, I mean, I'm, I'm talking more from an online perspective. Like, no. if you think about, I'm kind of going off a tangent here, but mm-hmm. um, like Dead Space 3, the co op fit, it was a unique experience, and I think you can attest to this where you play as Carver. And well, but, yeah, that's I, unique. I don't think they could pull that off with. Uh, no, Resident so I, I think Resident Evil. Okay, before we move on, I just want to say this. I think Resident Evil 4 needs to stay single player like how it should be. Okay. I and, agree with that. And they just need to trim the fat off of some parts that were clearly just there for padding. But I do look forward to seeing how they bring to life most of the boss fights, such as the village chief, Salazar, and Sadler himself. You already have names. Okay, you're on the ball tonight. Oh, no. Resident Evil 4 was one of my favorite games of all time, and it was my introduction to the Resident Evil franchise, and I will always remember it fondly. If you want to know something, I played the original... One on the PS2, so. All right. Well. I still own it. It's somewhere. All right. All right. Well, moving on. So next game we got is Maneater. Oh, so you did play Maneater? No, but you wanted to talk about this oh, one, well, so no. I put it on the list. No, no, no. All, no. Okay. So all I can thing. all I can had, say had I played the game, which I did not, I oh, would, okay. it would have been on my list. Okay. Uh, so what? Is, hold on. Okay. Before, well, the, before we move to the next, what is Maneater? Just for the viewers. Okay. Man- what we know of. All right, Maneater is basically um, an RPG version of Jaws. That's what it is. If you played RPG, of if Jaws. you played yeah, Jaws, the the Xbox and PS2 game, Jaws Unleashed, and Jaws Unleashed, such uh, a good game. Which there were two versions, by the way. I, I want to say PS3 and the Xbox, and the Xbox, the specifically Xbox and PS3 had the Unleashed version, yeah, which was rated M, and then PS2 just had the regular version, which was Teen. Mm-hmm. So it was just you just kill people and you don't necessarily go through the scenes of the movie. You just go kill people in an aquarium <laughs> and all that. You just, you just do these dumbass yeah. missions yeah. and it's just nothing. It's really just now, 
No, Maneater. Yeah, Maneater is just like an RPG that has like that that just that it's it's basically an RPG where you start off as just a little shark pup and then end up you grow a megalodon and then, and then you grow up into a, into a megalodon almost you gotta you, survive to that point i assume kind of but also one one thing that adds a pre- pretty crazy twist to it is that you get to customize your features you get to customize like, with different like it looks like armor but it's not it's and like you get, just skin you can even customize your shark that's interesting you can even customize your shark's teeth they do a cool. They do a cool thing. I want to say it's like with most RPGs when you know you're in an area you shouldn't be because you're under leveled. Where I believe, and this is a let's play I saw, where it's like this guy went into a sewer grade trying to go through to a different area, and there was this big alligator. It was mutated. Couldn't do it. Just can't go through that area. Mm, so yeah. until like maybe hours later, he came back, and it was just, it was just that. Maybe that's how I make me bad. 35's Mr. Wooden Alligator saw himself. No, no. Moving on. All right, moving on. That was Man Eater, by the way. All right, moving on um, is Tony Hawk's 1 plus 2. Uh, now, race. let me just go ahead and say Tony Hawk's 1 plus 2 is a throwback to a very magical time known as the 2000s. Back when we were experimenting with games and just back when we back when games would license amazing soundtracks. Back when games, yes. Back when games actually got creative with their commercials, and back when they also had Tony Hawk doing like Bagel Bites commercials. That was a good time. Back when we were all getting our influence from music and taste from video games. Mm. This was be- and it was better than the radio. It was because <laughs> of this franchise that I got on a skateboard, didn't know what to do, slipped off, and hit my head on a concrete. To this day, I can still feel it. No, this this is why. Thank you, Tony Hawk. We love you, buddy. Yeah, this the, these games were a throwback to just a simpler time that I just could not get enough of. It was it was honestly fun. It, it the gameplay was addicting for a minute. I'm not gonna lie, but it was just to a point where it's just like it's it was the same thing brought to today's time and era. But and that's that's all. Well, I mean. actually, no. They tried that before, and this time they got it right because we all may remember the atrocious, god awful Pro Skater Five. Yeah, yes. Five was just bad. So, so let's compare the two. What what did well, this one do right compared to Pro Skater? 5? Well, Pro Skater Five was basically broken at launch. It now was. I never played it, but I saw like all the all the reviews and like people like you would glitch out. You, your, the buttons were pro, were poorly mapped. Like the grind button and the slam button were on the I same. I normally don't use this comparison because it it really it really tanks the the devs on this, and it never it never has to fall on them because at the end of the day, it's the guys in suits that rush out these games. And I know so many people worked really hard on these games. However, and I don't like using this comparison a lot. This game looked like an early P- PS2 game. It looked bad. <laughs> but <laughs> comparing that to twenty. 20- I know a lot of people say we're like, oh, this looks bad and stuff. I'm like, no, it doesn't. And there's always X, Y, and Z for the reason, but it looked bad. The game physically looked bad. Well, comparing that to 1 plus 2, 1 plus 2 did a very great job, and those were like the ones that defined my childhood. I used to play that all... I used to play like 1 and 2, like on the N64, like so much. It was so much fun. And when they transitioned to the whole open world thing where they even got the jackass guys yes. in there. That, oh, you're talking underground, underground and underground too. Yeah. yeah, that that was just what defined a generation. So Tony Hawk's 1 plus 2 are two 
uh, generation defining games. I'm so glad I got the re- got the facelift it deserved right here. The facelift it deserved. It was definitely so, labor of love. You could tell. It was definitely. even from Tony himself. He was so, really happy about so it. So Tony Hawk, wherever you are, hope hope you're doing well, man. And all the other pro skaters out there who are in this game. He just created also you. a new move, which was really awesome. Really? Yeah. That's incredible at his age, too, yeah. that he's still he's, doing this. He is pushing awesome. 50, man. He's killing it. But anyway, moving on to the next game is, well, this one's going to be kind of a twofer in terms of story. So mm-hmm. let's move on to the launch titles for the PS5, which is Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Sackboy Big Adventure. Which one do you all want to talk about first? Uh, I'll just go ahead and get Spider-Man out of the way. Uh, right. First off, looks great in either console. After looking more into it, I realized that that is not made for the PS5. It's just, it's just not uh, the adaptive triggers, which, in my opinion, is what sells that console, not so much the graphics. I was gonna go out and buy a PS5 day one and pre-order all that good stuff months ago, <laughs> because the fact yeah. that I could feel the tension in his swing from an actual his webbing, I was sold on that controller. That's the only reason, because that's, in my opinion, the only next gen like actual thing yeah. that that's selling me and I'm just like okay this device is just awesome it's next gen but when I realize that it really doesn't really work with that if anything Astro Boy is what I'm hearing makes that controller just it, it just makes that controller look it's, like a hundred bucks it's Astro Bot Astro Bot sorry. Okay. sorry sorry Astro Bot yeah Astro um, Boy is a different license okay okay right. oh it totally is it totally <laughs> is I was like is he talking about no that? yeah yeah I'm gonna like let him animate. know <laughs> Uh, so here's the thing, Miles Morales. Uh, it hit in a different way than than uh, Marvel's 2018 Spider-Man did for many. Because I don't have much to say about it, because it pretty much hit the same beats, made me feel the same way. The combat was revamped just a little bit in Miles in particular. His web swinging, I prefer. Yeah, his web style. His web swing. His web swinging had some pretty good style to it, and I like how he how they even show how he's new at it because like. In between swings, it looked like he's he's fucking up, and it's Flailing. just like whoa, 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 and then you yeah. spit another web right there. Uh, That's actually pretty cool. And also, if you do tricks, and when instead of and if you happen to be doing tricks while you quote unquote land, he will actually stumble and fall. Unlike Peter, if you do tricks and you hit, yeah. if you hit the ground, he'll land cool. But Miles does actually fall on his back and actually bounce. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's there's little yeah. details like that. Yeah. Story it did, it did what I needed to. It made me laugh, it made me cry. Representation matters. I don't care who I'm talking to. It I was crying in just so many scenes with him and his mom just having oh, a conversation. The, oh, those scenes were some of the best. Uh, especially even on the phone. I'm especially just, if you played yeah. the original, like from twenty eighteen. Yes, 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 yes. I mean No, the whole no, this whole story was actually pretty good. In fact, honestly, that bridge scene, I will say, that bridge scene where he saved all those people, like when he was in his uh, first Spidey outfit right mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. that was honestly one of the best directed right there and definitely one of the best moments I've I've experienced in a Spider-Man game. It's it's a beautiful game to look at. It, it was uh, what's, your favorite, uh, what's your favorite suit? I go between okay, three right. suits. All right, you ready for this one? Yeah. The one where you have a kitty cat in your backpack yeah <laughs> i had a feeling you were gonna say that, that. and the or the one where you I had don't, i don't hate I the one hate. where you have a cat whose name is spider-man by the way yes and it even even i love when i saw the trailer for that i was just like 
There, yes. There is actually a little... Yes. In, I did watch act, the trailer, so I did There's actually know. a takedown move where the cat will actually jump out of the bag and then hit the bad guy yeah, right there. Oh, Adam, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, and if you happen to like go in a warehouse or whatever, you're taking down goons, you'll hear every now and then, he's like, the cat's just meowing. And it's echoing, and I'm just, I wish they would, like, they would have, like, the AI was just a little bit smarter, and they would go, what's that? <laughs> I think that would just, that would have just sold That would have been pretty funny. There are just a few funny, funny things, though, like, where I, uh, I went back and played it on New Game Plus with that suit, and played the prologue to it, and I'm like, that cat is so freaking dead right now, if this were real. <laughs> Because he's getting pummeled by mm -hmm. Rhino with that cat still in his backpack. It was immersion breaking, but it was funny at the same time. Be like, man, that cat must be mad out of that cat must be made out of adamantium or something like Wolverine. <laughs> to Deadpool cat. That's I was about to say. I was like, there's something. Uh, there's about a cat in there in the Marvel universe. Uh, must be a Deadpool cat then. Oh, amazing. Oh. My favorite is the Red Hood. I can't remember what it is. It's oh yeah, that was one that uh like. We're talking DC Red Hood. Or are we no, talking it's, a, it's a costume. costume. It's a costume. It's a costume. Okay. Where it's that was the one. My that, eyes just lit up. I was like, say what? No, that's no. the one that 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 like gives you better stealth right there. No, I was really trying to unlock most of these suits. In fact, I unlocked the Spider-Man 2020 suit right I'm there. I'm a sucker for suits. Yeah. Like, even if it doesn't do anything, I'm just like, well, I this, want that skin. Well, I unlocked this one by completing like all the training things that Peter Parker leaves behind mm -hmm. for Miles. Yeah. And I swear to God, this suit was freaking dope. Like, it had like an electronic it's visor. It's literally 20, it went 2049, but it's called 2020. Mm -hmm. it, that one was the one that I completed the game in, and yeah, the end of the game was actually pretty good in my opinion, even though it was pretty short. But that, but one one more thing about the story, I will say, mm -hmm. that last scene between uh, Miles and Peter right there, and then they do that final shot. That was like friggin' movie. That movie. was that final shot was exactly what you just said. It was that movie shot. It gave me that movie moment where, like, I'm excited. And then the after credit scene where, no spoilers, it's just, I'm like, I'm pumped. I was already excited for Spider-Man 2, and now I'm just even more oh, excited. Oh, no, this gave, us, this gave us confirmation on another character that is definitely going to be in there, and no spoilers, but better hold, better hold on to your butts there. We'll talk about that more, because there was actually, like, two other characters I'm thinking, wait a minute, are they going to, are okay. they going to, are they going to? Okay. Well, one more thing I will say about uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, that ending credits song by Jaden Smith, I will say, was actually not that bad. That was actually pretty Look, good. Look, okay, you can... That's good. That song was dope. That I'm was not... the one commercial I watched because it was the first trailer for the game. I mean, look... Jaden has some gems out there. You just he have does. to find them. He no, look, Jaden may not be able to act to save his life, no, but... He... Uh, I'll give you he, that one. He's pretty, he's pretty good at making a song there. That song was pretty good. But anyway, so bottom line, Miles Miles Morales was a pretty great game, and I think that this is a good direction to go with the Spider-Man license and other superhero properties to go. So here's one th one last thing I want to say about it. If this is the direction we're getting, if we're getting like you know, another, so we got 2018 Spider-Man starring Peter Parker. Yes. Then we got like a spin-off one starring Miles Morales, mm -hmm. and then we're inevitably going to get like Spider-Man Spider Two. Two that's probably going to star Peter Parker, but what if we also got like you know Miles Morales to be thrown in the mix there? Like I'm, we could like we could switch it up. Okay, I, okay. Theorizing here, I believe you will play 
75% of Spider-Man 2 as Spider-Man, and there's some game sections where you, well, just like the original game, you played as Mary Jane and Miles. So Please, please cut that out, because that those Mary Jane sections where you had to sneak around and avoid getting caught, I despised, honestly. I honestly enjoy them, because it just gave me the... It gave me a lot of moments from her perspective to see Pete do his thing, and now thinking if you get to see both Miles and Pete same time from someone else's point of view as well as taking i've taken so many screenshots of that game and you're telling me i could get it from a different angle that's just yeah but i understand well playing it replaying was, it it's just a drag it was a drag because i just couldn't get into it because they like i'm i'm just doing the stealth section and if i get caught i gotta start all over yeah, it's, yeah. it's i despise sections of like that last game. thing i'll say about it is uh i didn't think it would be that big of an issue but it is i don't like peter's Face model. Right. <laughs> we, had, we had an entire chat about that. You were defending it. What, okay. what changed your mind on it? Um, just in action. It, it was. It just, looks like Spider Boy, not Man. Yeah, yeah. Now. Uh, I was okay with it. I was giving like, the time frame and everything. Look, Peter Peter Parker is supposed to be twenty three in this one. So not sixteen. Not sixteen. Yep. He looks like he's he looks he's, he looks like he's in high school. I think here. it's the hair. No, it's the, the no, hair. It's yeah, no, no, it, it is his face. It, it, but I'm saying you can change his hair to change it a little bit. It, like you can add little tweaks here and there. That being said, uh, cannot remember the guy's name. John something the original uh, face model. I preferred that was my Peter Parker. I was honestly, I like Tom Holland. I do. I don't love him. This was my new interpretation of Spider-Man. Not to mention a lot of scenes between him and MJ in 2018's Marvel Spider-Man were kind of like a continuation of the aftermath of Spider-Man 3. Where like, oh, we just broke up because at the end of that, they were like, we don't know where we're going to be. Our relationship is rocky. We just lost our best friend. And it, it just ends on a somber note. And obviously that movie is also not the best. This was like, honestly, like my closure that I needed, which is why I think yeah. I hold Spider-Man in such a high regard. That game is just so good. All right. But one more thing I want to say. They, <laughs> one they, more thing. They need, if this is the direction they're going with, because we got thrown off course back there. No, no, no. So, Please. so if they're making spinoff games with other Spider-Mans, we need to get one that stars Gwen Stacy's Spider-Girl. You know, I've heard rumors about that. That would be at least freaking. in the cinematic universe. I can't well, speak no, on the game. I think I think in a game that would be freaking dope. So, right now I'm saying I don't want to be oversaturated. For fear of being oversaturated because I don't want that to happen. However, if it ends up being as great as a game, yes, I'm gonna love it. All right, we're well, moving on. So next one we got as a launch shot for the PS5 is Sackboy: A Big Adventure, or as I just like to call it, as a new little big planet. Oh, the one that uh, you and I played. It's yeah, that's actually a lot of fun. No, like guys I'm... on the uh, PlayStation Store. I want to say, can you get it for free, or is it um, it's oh, too right, too right. Um, I want to say, yeah, you can download it on the PlayStation 4 uh, store. For, uh, yeah, you can download it, but I don't think it's free. How much is it? It's got to be like $60. It's a new game. It, it feels more like an... I'm not... Okay. Um, okay guys, well. let, let me say this. I have not <coughs> been playing games as much as Alex and Ronald, but um, I'm kind of shooting from the hip here. It feels more like an arcade game. Yeah, that's kind of the point. It's like the original Little Big Planet series, which was three of them actually. Yeah, they were all originally uh, a 
2D platformer, you know, yeah. and with a lot of with a lot of elements thrown in there, like you could customize some worlds, you could customize your character, like you know, the best more the most adequate way I could put it probably is from one of my favorite YouTubers, Bad Thirty Five, where he says, "You're this little zippered up doll, you explore fantasy like world and gets decorate stuff with stickers." <laughs> So, but anyway, but that doesn't seem like it's worth sixty dollars. Well, let's just say in in two thousand nine, when Little Big Planet came out, like the very first one, was that not a bundle game? Like for with the PS five? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. Wow. So, like, when, yeah, that okay. Like so when, that answers that question. Like um, when the original Little Big Planet came out, that that one just like you know destroyed the world right there. It was like a big freaking deal. In fact, it even got a Game of the Year edition with um, with um, like thirty dollars of extra content in there, and it was like I said, it was a pretty big deal. And then it got a sequel, which was also pretty good. Third one kind of dropped the ball, so that's why uh, I think that the developers, what are they called, like the sumo developers, as they were known as, Cameron Factcheck. Uh. uh, like, <laughs> yeah, like ch- I'll look that up. Uh, developers for for Sackboy Big Adventure. Okay, I have it. Okay, okay. So bottom line, the the new the new developers here were you know gave the Little Big Plant series a different way to play, which was instead of being a two D platformer, they gave it like a three D isometric. Yeah, it was developed by Sumo Digital. Sumo Digital. They made this now a and three- the publisher was Sony. Sony. Yeah. Okay. So they made it a three a three D isometric platformer this time, and I like the new direction that they put in it because I played some of the original Little Big Little Big Plant two, and it was a lot of fun. This one was also a lot of fun, but I will say. I love how creative they still got with this one because, like, everything looks like it was made out of, like, arts and crafts class in your third grade class right there. And it's a... Guys, I gotta say, it's a fun co-op game. Like, it is... I, I didn't really think I would have as much fun it is a, as I did. It is a really fun co-op game. In fact, I've only scratched the surface for the most part, but I need to get back on that and just get... and dive into it. But one thing I will say is very different about this one is... How they include they included a narrative in it this time, so it's not just random, you know, fun no, and like, balloons and yeah. In the original, confetti and all that. In the original, in the original trilogy of it, you had this, you had this one, you had this one narrator who would just guide you through things, and you had like this little uh, hub right here that was like a little box house. Yeah, and then you had your pod computer, which just looked like a giant. Uh, you know, PS3 or PS4 controller for your character right hey. there. Okay. And, you know, you just go from world to world, kind of like Super Mario Brothers, you know, where you would just pick, like, what world you wanted to go to and everything. But you would, pro- but you would also be able to, like, explore a few uh, areas because it was very not, not super linear. Yeah. But this one, they actually included a narrative where this evil... This evil being is trying to is trying to take all the sack people in the world of imagination. <laughs> I'm sorry, please. It's it's pretty crazy, but it's okay. it's I like how creative they got with it. And your character, Sack Boy, is tasked with stopping him. And and the twist, guys, just just so you know, the, the evil villain is you. 
the human beings. Whoa. I'm just kidding. I, I don't actually know. Wow. That. You had me. <laughs> yeah. try, they're trying to destroy a world where the only... You're telling me humans are evil? I don't believe you. They're trying to destroy a world where the only limit is our imagination. We gotta stop this, guys. <laughs> but bottom, bottom line, I... Bottom line, I have been getting a lot of joy out of Sackboy Big Adventure, and even though I was never able to score a PS5, I'm just glad that I was able to be able to enjoy these. Just to right add here. to that, mm-hmm. I talked about earlier, Astro Bot, not Astro Boy. You're you grew up playing the PlayStation, correct? Yes. Oh yeah. You are going to enjoy playing Astro because Bot. that is full of so much homage to yes. all PlayStation history yes. that it'll just make your head spin. Yes. But anyway, um, so. I, I want to add something. Okay, else. we're going to go off topic here because my friend Nick here wants us to share a little story and all Well, no, we're this. sharing a story. Oh, so I want to hear the story then. Okay. okay so, so I, was nev- the- oh, I was never able to score a PS5, but it's not like I didn't try to. Well, tell tell the viewers how close you were. Just how close and the lengths you went to get the PlayStation so, 5. So what I recall is you guys waited all night, specifically Alex. Well, Alex, I came <laughs> like two hours later. I, I waited out Black Friday. I waited outside a GameStop on Black Friday for midnight outside, just waiting. And I and remember, and I remember telling you you wanted to go at five, and I said no. The, like, there's going to be lines of people, and you so, decided to go, and we swapped places, and you went my place, and then you were like, I want to say six six people behind the front of the line. And I was amazed you got a spot that close. And then... I told they, you. And then they open <laughs> up, and it turns out there were only two PlayStation 5s to sell. And four Xbox Series. Yes. Here, here's, here's where the issue was with... Uh, and this is no fault of GameStop. There was a lot of scalping going on. A lot of people who were just... Scalping and pandemic. Scalping, pandemic, and just a really bad launch year for just... Various reasons. Um, GameStop was going around advertising that they were going to have 20 of each system. And I spoke to several, I interviewed, not interviewed, I spoke to a lot of people <laughs> in line that they had the week prior that they were going to have this and they didn't. And that was the reason why there were a lot of just people beefing with the, the manager. And um, at one point, Alex stepped away at this point when. Uh, Heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, one, one, one cat in the line, I hope he's listening to this somewhere because I forgot to get his name and number. Um, not like that. Um, he described... 2021, man. Free love. <laughs> he described Alex as like a heartbroken man and he just found out his wife divorced him and like... So Cosimo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, Alex, Alex just walked... Here's the best part. I sound like a sadist, but the best part was Alex stayed up all night on Black Friday in the cold to get something that wasn't there. I know. That wasn't there. And then he had to go to work just with this horrible, horrible limp and walk of shame. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, yeah. And he was, he was one person shy in line from getting a place um, or even a next-gen console that, that well and he had to think about that all day all right well here's all a, day all right well here's the thing 
Someone Stop. told them the night before that Stop. they spoken to both clerks at our neighborhood GameStop okay. that they've mentioned multiple times. Hey, uh, we only have two of the of two in their digital PS5s, and the rest are like four Xbox Series X. I informed the rest of the group this. You didn't give us a specific number. You said they probably weren't going to have them. Yes, because I knew they were going to have less than what you pictured. Yes. Wait, you knew? I told you guys because I... No, no, you said you you had a bad feeling. Wait, you actually... No, 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 no. No, I I remember him telling you. I told you guys specifically that... Is this just my ADD? Yes. I Because I was going... Like the week or so prior, I bought a game... Okay. Yeah, whatever it was, and I was like, "Oh, are you guys?" I think it was Tony Hawk's. Or no. Yeah. Either that or UFC Four, which no, no, didn't Tony make my Hawks, list. Just letting you go. Uh, didn't make my list. So here's the thing: I bought it, and I just asked them. I was like, "You guys are having sales?" They're like, "Yeah, but you can't pre-order a console. Also, we're only having like two or something each." And I was like, oh, "Okay." Went to the next store uh, because they didn't have the game I was looking for, which was USC Four or Tony Hawk, and I asked. I just happened to ask the same question. They were like, "Yeah, we have like two or three, and but they're the digital version, so automatically in my brain, I'm not getting it." And I specifically specifically said this. <laughs> yeah, at okay, five in the remember. afternoon. I remember now. All right. <laughs> so let me just go ahead and say this about my little misadventure there. You know, but it was a good experience. It was a good experience. We met some very interesting people that night. Morning. Morning. As I was saying. Sorry. About my little misadventure, you know, like... Stuff like that builds character. Live and learn. Anyway, yeah, it was pretty painful. Have but... you ever crossed the country for a YouTuber that you thought was going to be at VidCon? Because no. I did. No. So What's that like? It is horrible and just as heartbreaking, if not more, crossing yeah. the country. Who are you trying to go see? Who, I was who trying to see a singer at the time was Kimmy Smiles, an Australian singer. Yo. Uh, yeah. And what, what, well, well, she, she just didn't go to VidCon. She just didn't go. Okay. Well, That's bottom line, life's full of disappointments. Yes, it is. Anyway. Living your life. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> So, YouTube.com slash Kimmy Smiles for cover music. Hashtag life's disappointing. Anyway. <laughs> next up we got Doom Eternal. Ooh, yes. I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> so, God, where do I start with this? Um, Alex, you're going to disagree with me on this. and I'm just going to go oh, and say it's not violent enough. Well, no, no, no. It, it was plenty violent. It was plenty violent. And I loved what they did. And Hugo Martin went on the Joe Rogan podcast to explain why aesthetically it was different from Doom 2016. It, it made Doom 2016 feel like a baby's toy. Yes and no. Okay, so Hugo was talking about an internal conflict with uh, their producers, and they were saying. Because of how dark and grim the last game was, you're going to have to tone this down. So Hugo Martin, you know, I could be wrong about this, but they throw in a lot of uh, political jokes inside the game about uh, oh, the no, demons. There... They call them mortally challenged. Oh, no, there was a lot Please of... don't say anything offensive. There was them. a lot of political no, stuff like, like that in this yeah, game. And that's, in, in the podcast, Hugo Martin was saying these exact same people were kind of hindering them from making the most violent game that they could. So they had to tone down some of the graphics and everything because of that. 
And then I, after listening to that podcast, when I went to GameStop to get my copy, and I, I heard all these jokes, I was like, this cat is making jabs at his own company. This game, this game, okay, so I've only played like an hour or two of the first Doom 2016, right? Yeah. And so it's, this franchise doesn't interest me. Uh, mm-hmm. And this game is so weird to me because I heard everyone so pumped and excited for Doom Eternal that when it came out, I was very surprised. It was very mixed feelings. You either love it or hate it. There is no. Well, oh, I loved it. it. I love no, I, I get that, but yeah. I'm so I'm very confused about it because you do hear about uh, the creators coming out talking like this wasn't the game we wanted. This is the game we we could yes. make, but not to the best of our abilities. Wow. And I wonder if that if people notice that yes, and that's why there's a good portion that hates it. I wouldn't say they hate it. They were it's very polarizing. Disappointed is the word I would use okay. with the okay, Doom okay. community because I'm in like several chat forums and I talked to a lot of people and I've asked them about what they thought about it. A lot of them felt like because of that whole internal conflict, the game wasn't as dark and grim as it could have been. Okay, so, uh, but overall you guys liked it. Oh, I loved it. I loved the story. I I loved the combat. I loved uh, how they added little platforms to kind of throw back to Doom 64, (coughs) the original arcade game. I love how they added just like more combat features like that freaking... Like with your super shotgun, you got that chain on there that you can just shoot at a demon and then it swings you around and stuff. Like they did, like in terms of gameplay, they gave you more mo- more movement and everything. Really just makes you rip demons apart a lot better. Rip and tear, baby. Rip and tear until it is done indeed. Well, so honestly, I thought it was a lot of fun. And honestly, this, this game came out at the perfect time. Right when because- the lockdown happened. Right when COVID hit, this game came out, and everybody was angry, everybody was pissed, and this game was super freaking cathartic right here. It was just honestly the perfect game to come out when a freaking plague starts. Which brings us to our next game. Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. Also, we're missing in a very important game that came out that same day. Yeah, okay, and I wanted to talk about that. Okay, okay, okay. okay. (laughs) I didn't know. Which brings us to our next game. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah! I love that. I love this light in Please take it away, Alex. Animal Crossing New Horizons is honestly my first Animal Crossing game because Nintendo Switch has brought me into a lot of Nintendo franchises. But this one... Explain to people what it is for those of, you know, those listening to this who don't know. Well, if you don't know, you're you're probably like me and living under a rock. That 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 was me. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know the way that okay. Was. So I'm gonna say this in the most in the most straightforward way possible. Okay. Animal Crossing is a game where you play as a kid that is take has taken up by an animal community of anthropomorphic animals that talk in gibberish, going. Meow, 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 meow. I'm not making this shit up. No. But, but yeah. they talk they, about the so, game mechanics. Okay. Yeah. And so when you take so you're taken into this community of animals, you are I. Depending on what game you're playing, usually usually you're like the mayor or the owner of this village. And in this case, you're the owner of this island you're put on. And you have to build... And your goal is to basically build up your island from the ground up to become the most luxurious, perfect resort island you can make it. And one thing I really loved about this game was... And just this is one thing about it that just made me fall in love with it... Mm-hmm. You get to name your own island in it, and I dubbed my island Raftalia. 
Hashtag shield and heal. Yes. I I had to. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Every time. <laughs> every every time I the, every time Isabel in my on my island makes the announce <laughs> makes the announcements. I she's like, "Good morning, everyone. It's nine a.m. on Nebraska today." <laughs> and I and I just think it is hilarious yet adorable yet just awesome how I get to name my get to name my island after my favorite character of 2019 right there that, I was but, a hair away from buying a switch just to play that game okay. right okay I didn't well, have the money but like no let me I tell was you going I was to, so close I was going to I don't was care so about close. even with the paycheck and I, um, when the stimulus check came in I stopped no 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 I stopped myself from doing it because I'm like Nick, this is an imp- th- these feelings this too shall pass. Well, Don't you, do it. Well, you missed out because... I, I know you, I missed out. So let, me, so let me get to the gameplay now. So Animal Crossing has always been about building your town, island, whatever it is in each game. Because each game is different in some ways. You you basically got to build up. You got to you gotta build houses. You got to you gotta create. You got to get travelers or villagers into your village. Mm-hmm. And you could think of it as like maybe... Uh, like a more simple version of Minecraft almost in a few ways. But you know, even though the gameplay is so simple and might seem boring to some, it's just got a charm and a and pretty is pretty addicting to be honest. Like I just like That's what I got from the community. But like I just like to go on maybe an hour a day and just, you know, like try to get all the supplies I can to get the bells up and you know, get, you know, pay off pay off my loan because yes you're in every game you're you're guided by a tanuki named tom nook who basically scams you into a mortgage yeah screw you tom nook by the way the community on there so was like so it was just a nice time one with the pandemic going on and you got it we got in lockdown like right when that game came out or yeah. right before yeah so and a lot of people were able to it, host like game shows social gatherings and everything nice. and on then this you would game. see the people on twitter like Hey, stop what you were doing. I need bells. I don't know this game and I don't know the mechanics of it, but I would just see people go out of the way of like, I need this bells, and then people will, I need apples. And yes, then, and people and they, just jump. And in the comments, they were like, I got you. I'm here for you. Meet me on my island. And it sh- it's a screenshot of like a thousand of those <laughs> bells. And I'm just like, honestly, this is so wholesome. This is, yeah. This is what I wish we were just like as but, current events. Well, yeah. one, well, one other thing I will say is pretty awesome that they added to it is all the customization in it. You the terraforming. See, the, and- well, not only that, like there's this thing you can do with your character in turn and your island. Like you can make your own designs in this game. So there's an online feature where you get where you go to a kiosk when you open up the clothing store. Mm. And you can go online and just, you know, search for whatever the whole Animal Crossing community across the world has made. And you can type in a keyword and it'll pull up a design right there. And for example, you can totally make your island Demon Slayer themed. Not only that, you can, uh, you can, I, if I'm not misinformed, don't quote me on this. You can sell your own merchandise to other real-life players, multiplayer, and 
make your own themes. Like not just Demon Slayer. I've seen people do JoJo's, it, Bizarre Adventure. I've seen people. I've do seen people do Persona Five. In fact, no Soul so, Leader. And I'm so, just like, and these are people just creating and crafting their own stuff and selling it to other people. Four bells, and it, it's an economic simulator, basically. Well, hey, if it if it already has one character scam you into a mortgage, then yeah, it's pretty much like that. So bottom, so bottom line, my verdict on Animal Crossing New Horizons is it may not be, it may not be probably to quote to quote YouTube channel Watch Mojo. It may not be the most graphically or critically acclaimed game this year, but it is definitely one of the most important games this year because it helped a lot of people get through a pandemic by being the social gathering that they never got to have. In fact, I have seen people have like. Birthday parties, birthday parties, weddings, and graduations, and everything. So, to everybody who worked on Animal Crossing New Horizons, you did a hell of a job, and we look forward to seeing like all the updates and everything else to come because this had to be probably one of the biggest and best games for the Switch since Zelda Breath of the Wild and mm -hmm. Super Smash Brothers. Before we move on, I want to touch on the community aspect. So, like, and I think Ronald knows where I'm going with this. Um, the one thing that really got me hyped up for uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons was the community Community itself. I knew nothing about this game except for people advertising on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook in both groups and somehow just do memes. Put Doomguy well, no, they, and Isabel. They had pictures yeah. of uh, Doomguy and Isabel just being like buddies and then officially the creators kind of acknowledged both companies and it became the most brilliant marketing scheme by ac accidental marketing scheme I've ever seen. Now you know and I wanted to get a switch because of this. Now, now you know why. Now, now you know why they did all that, right? The 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 fans or the like the why why they kept making Doom Guy and Isabel such BFFs right there. Uh, are are you telling me like Hugo Martin just no, kind there's, of like... No, there was a reason why oh, okay. it was breaking the internet. It's because they came out on the same day. Well, yeah. That's true. Like, yeah. I remember they were being announced in one other game, but it kind of slipped through the cracks after, like, the two just kind of, like, with thunderous applause took over the internet. Um, I just... The community started making memes as a joke, and then it became an official thing. And I'm part of both chat groups on Reddit... Facebook and Twitter, and they're constantly just the the camaraderie that I see is really shocking, actually. And this is before the pandemic. Well, this is before we knew what was going to happen. Well, here's what and I and it just kind of intensified. I think, I think it's awesome how the Doom the Doom fans and Animal Crossing fans kind of just came together and like made that become an internet sensation. <laughs> well, it became a real thing. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, that so was why I almost got the game. So honestly, that, and that's why I got both on the same day because uh, I really wanted I to try them. I missed out. I really wanted to try both out, and I'm so glad I did. So honestly, I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep playing Animal Crossing for quite some time to come because I even played it on Christmas and got to deliver <laughs> presents to all my uh, villagers. Nice. So, so all in all, Animal Crossing was a pretty happy game and a hell of a good time. But depression's a second language to me, so let's move on to our next entry. Oh, hold on. Uh, so I know. So what were you gonna say about depression and the next game? 
It brings us to our next game, which is the probably the most controversial game of this year oh, okay. for a lot of reasons, and that brings us to The Last of Us Part Two. That made your top favorites of the year? I have to give credit where it is due. Okay. 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 I was like, I'm kind of surprised you even picked that after the long discussion. I have shat on this game in a lot of ways because of how much it pissed me off. But I have to give credit where it is due because I'm not one of those guys who's just going to shit on something because... It didn't go the way you wanted it. It didn't go the way way I wanted it to. I'm kind of that guy. So, you're, you're better than me at that. So The Last of Us Part 2 is the follow-up to 2013's The Last of Us, which was a lot of people's favorite game of 2013. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Sorry, guys. Cam hurt his knee or something trying to sit down. Well, that was some perfect timing, I will say. <laughs> Any, anyway, so... The Last of Us was everybody's favorite game of 2013 for the most part, which took place in a fungal-infested United States where we followed a survivor named Joel, where he was tasked with smuggling a young girl, Ellie, out of Boston outside of a quarantine zone and was going to deliver her to a group known as the Fireflies because Ellie is immune and she, they were going to use her immunity to make a cure. But in the end of that game, Joel decided to not let that happen because making a cure with Ellie's immunity would have killed her. So Joel just was like, I don't want that. Joel want selfishly Joel took self- matters into his own hands. He, well, he put, it, he put an end to it by killing all the fireflies and, well, all the fireflies had gotten his way. The doctor that was going to make a cure and saved Ellie without her knowing everything that happened. Instead, he lied to her, and that's and, pretty, and everyone else and everyone else except for Tommy. His, except for his brother Tommy. And that's where the game actually begins, where our guilty Joel tells Tommy about about what he did in the in the first The Last of Us and what he said, told Ellie and so let and, me let, and that's where that's where it kind of begins. But, and then we go, and then it goes all down the toilet from there. Basically, The Last of Us Part Two was made by the original's assistant director or creative director. Uh, no, he, yeah, he's creative. Creative director. director for both creative games. director Neil Druckmann. And uh, Uncharted. And Uncharted Four. Four. Yeah. He um. So this was so this was the story about Ellie's revenge on people who did her wrong and throughout all the marketing we're not exactly told who they what they did or who they killed and then ultimately it was revealed and I'm going to give you I'm going to give you 10 seconds to turn this off so if you don't want to be spoiled we are going to talk spoilers for the last of us we're, part 2 we this are going we are going to talk major spoilers and I am not a spoiler bitch who just you know says it right there so 10 seconds I think we've already gone through 10 seconds so you, you know all right say what we all right, I'm gonna say it now. It turns out it's Joel that's the one who dies. Yes, they kill off the star the of the first game right there in the first two hours. I want to say the first act, not even the full part of the first act. It wasn't. It was just the first no, no, two. It was the first two. Hours. It was just the first two hours of a thirty-hour 
game. That didn't need to be that long. Okay, yeah, and we'll get to that later. But So yes, the story revolves mostly around, or at least half of the story, let me correct myself there, revolves around Ellie going to Seattle to find these people who did her... Who, who did her wrong by killing her father figure. Ripping tainted people. And honestly, let me, let me just get this out of the way. The way that they killed off Joel was the most disrespectful way they could do it. Can I ask, how was that disrespectful? To it kill was, a smuggler and someone that killed your father? Well, I'm saying it was disrespectful to the fans who loved the first game and who actually cared about him. It doesn't Joel. change how we feel about the first game and doesn't well, change how we feel about Joel. Well, this is how I felt. You know, Joel was flawed. But he was extremely flawed. Yeah, that's but, why we loved him. But he but we cared about him. It's not so much we loved him because he was flawed. We loved him because he started to become human again. Yes. Okay. And it feels like everything, you know, that led up to that point was just tossed tossed out the window right there. It's like all that development, all that human building, just gone right there. And to top it off, he's he is murdered after with he is murdered after saving his murderer's life and is bludgeoned for let's just say hours because he's tortured for quite some time with a golf club, just getting beaten nonstop. And that's what I mean as in disrespectful, you know, like. I was a big fan of the first game, and I waited seven plus years to totally. to see these characters again, and to see Joel just get murdered like that, honestly, just angered me of all things. And to top it off, and I will say I regret this for myself, I was one of the few who, or many, let me rephrase that, who read the massive story leaks uh, that got leaked online. But they were really. If anything, there I think it was like Ellie was killed in those leaks because I didn't read it until a month after well, the game came out. Well, these were leaks that were that were released, and yeah, it basically did. Um, and I'll get to that later yeah, on yeah. And, on like why they thought we kill Ellie, but yeah. we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, mostly it was around Joel's death, and the leaks were true there. I didn't but know. a lot. But a lot of people, and a lot of people were boycotting the game because they were just like, Joel gets killed, Joel gets killed off, and, you know, it was all without context, of course. Yes. So, you know, you, you, and that's where... You had hope that it would be somewhat... uh, False. Not even false, but it would be done in a way that just, it was okay. Well, like what, it was like he well, went down in the blaze of glory. He maybe. did not, and that's no, no, another reason. No, no. That's you another. That's you another reason why I thought it was disrespectful because he was just killed off in a very non-blaze of glory way. Like he could have, we could have, he could have gone out like Logan, like Wolverine, right there. I don't think that was a blaze of glory way, to be honest. Well, it was, it wasn't, but, but it, it was. It was still a send off. It was still it was a, a perfect send off to yes. the character, yes. and I would have been okay if Joel went out like that, but he didn't. He gets tortured like that, and just he gets negated, and not even in a good way. It's not even fun. Like, like, <laughs> wait, I, I know what you're like saying. The, like the I, way, I get what you're saying. Like the way Negan, you know, does it. He's just like, oh man, <laughs> look at that, taking it like a champ. You know, 
you like it was done by a brat basically it was done by a brat okay Okay. A very a very jacked she-man brat. <laughs> so I gotta okay, so before we move on away from Joel's death. Okay. Uh, I gotta I gotta get this out of my chest. So here's the thing. It's been five years at this point between part one and part two. You don't see much of Joel, and I will say this, I was not a fan, not so much of the story of this game. I was not a fan that it wasn't told in a linear way. Not to mention they added open world aspects. Which is why I feel like the game should have been tight. Imagine you're on a revenge quest and then they send you on literally everything else but the actual revenge. You, you, there's so much side stuff in this game that I didn't feel like the urgency, which lost me a lot of time. So anyways, going back to Joel. You don't know what's going on. You hear that him and Ellie are having a fight in the beginning. And you don't see Joel up until you play... Uh, not Yes, so in the very beginning you also play as Abby. And running through the snow... Right. So, okay, so let me get to, so let's get to that so we don't confuse people. So yes, well, at, let me finish the, off with his death. Let me finish off with his death real quick. So uh Joel dies. I'm upset. I'm genuinely upset. But for some reason it's not really hitting me. So I'm assuming I'm in shock. Okay, cool. And it wasn't till you go he dies and you see his uh you see his cemetery, you see his like, you know, his house. His house, and you see the flowers. And even then, I'm thinking, okay, so Joel was loved. He started turning his life around. Cool. Well, he, he, was, living, he was living in this community in Jackson for quite some time. Yes, it probably was... Five years or so. And you go through the house, and you see things about Joel that... One thing, obviously, you knew he played the guitar. That was a, one thing for a fact. But then you see other stuff. Like, you see that he was a sculptor, a carpenter. Mm-hmm. And then... He was and, a carpenter before he... Um, before the... Before the outbreak. Yes, and you hear that when he's having a conversation with someone. Uh, when he first walks into his door, his first he's having a conversation on the phone with someone talking about a contractor. It was, so, it was Tommy. Was it Tommy? Yeah. Okay. So you hear just that one line and that's it. Never brought up again. And then you go through the house and you just see that Joel's having this. He's had this whole other life at this point. Five years worth of it. Doesn't phase me. You get to his room. And you see the photo of him and Sarah. Mm. That's the Joel I knew from 2013. I knew the grieving father who literally gave up. Once she died, his life then died. Once I saw that photo, I bawled. One, because in, in like literally the span of five seconds, I had several thoughts of like all that through the house. That was literally in the span of five seconds when I saw that photo. And now it occurred to me why I'm now just bawling. One, he finally gets this... He gets to be with his daughter at the cost of losing yet again another daughter. Yeah. But he's still... Ellie. He's no longer gets to be with Ellie, but he finally gets to be... With, with his... With Sarah. And well, crazy... I didn't consider Well, that. crazy okay. thing. There was actually this... There's actually this one thing... <laughs> there's actually this one thing a lot of people missed um, during his death scene. Uh, when Ellie is shouting at him to just fucking get yeah. up mm-hmm. right there. You can hear him, you know, mumbling something, and a lot of fans, you know, have theorized or probably point out he's he's mumbling Sarah. You know, I that's, didn't get that, but that that like a lot. I have to go back and rewatch it. Like that's like he I played it with subtitles and they didn't come up, so I well, that's be, that's probably because he didn't really say it. He's just mouthing it because mm-hmm. he's in a like you know his he's been his head has been bludgeoned mm-hmm. in right there. But anyway. Yeah, going past his death now. That's where we, that's where we play as Ellie, and 
we go to Seattle, we hunt down all the accomplices of Joel's death, all except for the one who did it, which is Abby, who we did play as in, like, the first two hours. For, like, about 30 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah 30 minutes. Yeah. So, Abby is the one who ultimately killed Joel by bludgeoning his head in with a golf club. And, yes, she is a jacked she-man right there. Let's just say MMA fight. She's a jacked woman. That's what she is. An MMA fighter. MMA fighter. Like, let me just say, her arms... Which is cool, because you think about it, she saw what Joel did. Well, no, she didn't. No, no, no. She saw what Joel did, the carnage he left. Okay, and I thought in her she, mind, No, yeah. no, no, no. And in her mind, she has to get so... She has to change her lifestyle in order to take down this man to when she finally gets to it, she's kind of... I think she's almost disappointed in well, let's get to that in a bit. You know, actually, okay, when well, I saw that scene, I okay, kind of well, got the same vibe. Okay, well, let's get to that in a minute. Let's keep it in order here. Okay. Because <laughs> the game sure didn't. Well, that's that's why that's why you got to be better. That's why you got to be a better writer than that, or at least we're more. better than that. We're better than that. So anyway, yeah, as Ellie hunts down all the accomplices, you know, we we see that she's just literally breaking down during this whole time. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, until we finally get to the, uh, until we finally get to the midpoint where Abby is, Abby finally reveals herself. And then we, or, you know, to Ellie. And then that's where we cut, we go back to four years, and then we finally get Abby's side of the story, and then it turns out that the doctor that Joel killed in the first game that was going to be operating on Ellie was Abby's father. And it turns out that's her motivation for wanting to kill Joel. Now, let me put it this way. The game, again, to quote Dart again, the game does everything it can it can to build empathy for Abby. And here's my problem with it. Mm-hmm. Joel and Ellie were flawed, yet we loved them still, you know? They didn't in the first game and in some of the second. Well, okay, let, let me get, let me just say this. In the first game, they were flawed, but we loved them still. We and they didn't have to, you know, shove it down our throat, how, saying like, "Oh, they're good and noble" or stuff like that. You know, that's the problem I have with Abby's campaign. They just do everything they can to build empathy for her and make her just look seem all so perfect and noble and everything. They're doing everything they can to make us empathize with her, you know? And it just feels extremely manipulative during that time. Like, oh, her father was, her father saved zebras, collects coins, and, oh, and was going to cut open a girl's head to make a cure without even asking her. All right, that's cool. And then they, and then they even try... And then they even try to go that route with Abby, saying, like, you know, Abby overhears everything that her father just said to Marlene, leader of the Fireflies, about I'd how... I'd let you do it. I'd let you do it. I'm so good and noble and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they even do the same... And then they even try to be more manipulative by make, by making Abby play with dogs instead of killing them, like how you have to with Ellie. I'm not... <laughs> I make, completely missed that play. Go yeah, on. no. As Ellie... Yeah, I think the as, dog's name is Alice. Yeah, no, no, there's, no, there's like, there's like, there's like whole sections of the game in Ellie's campaign where there are attack dogs by the, with a WLF. And they, and let me just say, they are some of the hardest thing, they, they, they're the, one of the few things that make the game harder, you know? They'll pick up your scent trail and alert bad guys to your I location. Yeah, it so. It did not bother me. 
It's I, a game. I was angry, so I had the right to do such things. Well, so I killed set dogs. Yeah, well, they, I used to allow Jake get to video. The only game. thing problem what I would say about this is because exactly what you said. It tries so hard to make her empathetic to the point where the story itself becomes too predictable. And at that point, yes. And here's the thing: I'm like I know where this is going. Yeah, and here's where it brings us to like one of my biggest criticisms about her story. They try to give her a redemption arc by making her save these two kids who are part of the Seraphites. Lev and... Le- Lev, Lev and Yara. Yara. You see, so Lev and Yara are apostates in the um, Seraphites group, or Scars, as, they, as the wolves call them. Because Lev was originally a girl that was meant to be, meant to be one of the Elder's child brides. Yes, that is disgusting. And they put that in a game? Yes, they put that in the game, but they only said it through dialogue. And I'm so glad they didn't show anything like okay. that. That is just fucking revolting. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, Lev was originally a girl who shaved who shaved his head because, you know, yes, they included a transgender character in there. And yes, they make sure you know that because I remember when my brother first played this. He was like, oh, yeah. He was like, oh, they're just. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was like, oh, they're just pulling a Arya Stark type thing from Game of Thrones here. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Gus, they are including a transgender character. They are including that political stuff in there. I will say, but I did not care for any of the side characters in Ellie's story. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, Dana, Dana okay, but. Lev well, and Yara. Yara. Yes. I'm in love with them. Okay, well, so Lev and Yara are apostates in the Seraphites group, like I said, because Lev shaved his head, and, you know, that was a disgrace to his people right there, so he was considered an exile, and they wanted to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yara was the only one that stood up for him and decided to, you know, be the only one to protect him, because not even, you know, their mother would protect him. So that's where um, Abby meets Lev and Yara by, well... Right Wasn't it she, the trailer of, it, like... Uh, it was like in during Abby's yeah. first trailer where she was captured by Scars and was about to be strung up by them, but then but then Lev came in at right the at, at the last minute to save her and Yara. And right there, uh, Abby decides to try to save these kids right there. And honestly, again, this is just where it felt extremely manipulative. And this is and a lot. This is where PewDiePie um, pointed this out. Oh, good old Pewds. It's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy? Explain. Uh, so Abby's motivation for saving these kids who are part who were part of a group that she had been fighting for years at this point mm-hmm. was because they saved her life. Yes. Okay, and mm-hmm. the hypocrisy in that is that she's going she is she is willing to betray the whole WLF just to save these two kids that saved her life. You know okay, who else? I, I you, know, you know who else saved her life? The man she wants to murder that killed her father. Yeah. Yes. To give Joel. context, guys, I've not played any. I just started Last of Us Part One. Okay. Um, but I want to say, did did Abby know about? Or does she find out at all in Last of Us Part Two that did Joel you? saved her? No. 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 Joel no. saved her Joel's... in in the Last of Us Part Two yes. in the beginning. You see, oh, that, okay. In the be- I got confused. Here's the thing: in the beginning of the Last of Us Part Two, when we were when we're playing as Abby, she runs, she comes across yeah, yeah, like yeah. an entire horde of infected and is seconds away from getting killed yeah, by no, them. I would stay with and you. That, that yeah, 
And that's and where that's, that's when they And that's where Joel literally comes in and saves her and even, you know, offers her he and Tommy offer her a lift on one of their horses. And that's where she just leads them into a trap so she can murder Joel. And now when it comes to these uh when it comes to just these two kids who are part of a group that have been killing her brothers and sisters in arms, you know, she's like, They saved my life. I'm gonna do anything I can to betray this entire group I've been with for years now. She was already feeling kind of okay. So here's like, now I get it. She was probably feeling second thoughts, but wait, no, wait, no, 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 not, not, not second thoughts. Not second thoughts. But I'm saying like maybe she's some... got what like three good friends there for real. She already has her thing with Owen, who is her like ex, who's now with someone else in their clique. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that. So we'll yeah, get to that. We'll get to that yeah, later. Yeah, but putting that to the side, she's at this point feeling alone. She is the goal she had. She thought that was gonna make her whole didn't just like if i'm being honest and before we get to the ending ellie thought it was going to make her whole too because let's be honest most of the players wanted to kill abby but you wouldn't have felt any remorse for abby after doing that kind of like abby felt no remorse for joel no matter the circumstances i think that was so that was the message but it was poorly executed. it was poorly it was poorly executed admittedly um but anyway but wait wait, okay so so as far as saving these two these two kids and betraying her whole like company, she was just the only reason she joined. She even says that they left the fireflies to survive, and it helped her get to where she was at that point in her life to just kill that man who killed her father. She did that. She doesn't owe these people anything. She's just there to survive like anybody else would. Well, yes. Then Liv and Yara just. Who knew? They, they they were basically the little humanity she had and left. Because at that point, she was just a killing machine. She didn't care who died. She just wanted her goal, which she got. She realized it left her empty even afterwards. Did nothing. I hated when you first played as Abby. Not because you're playing <laughs> as Abby. And I'm talking about the halfway point. Yeah. When you have to go back to day one. Because... I just spent all this time getting to three days, and now you're taking me back. Yes, because we got to see it, the whole thing through Abby's it, perspective now. And it now. ticked me off. I was like, and it didn't tick me off because I knew what the game was going to take. If anything, I was on board. I was like, please, push me through this. Help me understand. And it didn't until... Not even living yard. It was actually the end of the game is when it finally hit me. Do I still... Really? Well, yes. don't don't say don't talk about no, that. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. not. No, I'm going back. So you got you play as Abby, and I hated it. One, okay. So what did I tell you? To an enjoyable game for me has to be it has to make me feel something, love it or hate it. Two, the games the gameplay has to be addicting. It was I found the gameplay very boring for some reason because there's too many okay. encounters. Okay, I I, I beg to differ on that. One, no, no, no. Okay, the oh. bloodiness it was fun and fine. And I got to kill people certain ways. And actually, it was actually more... The animations were more graphic, which I enjoyed the limbs popping off now. This oh, time. yeah. I, I, no, look. I, 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 thought, I thought the gameplay was a lot of fun. You know, I thought the gameplay was like, you know... Like Doom Eternal, pretty cathartic. Because it was just this... It was like... It, it was just like, you know, this... this this game that was like super bloody and you know kind of realistic in a way that's fine sometimes you can even get creative and use mimes of the enemies and all that good stuff and And use their dogs like I said I didn't care all those dogs was like they're trying to kill me I think this game I think this game I think this game I think this game underestimated how much we become sociopaths at that point 100% especially for this year and you know that brings us to 
no, no. A game that... Okay, okay, no. We're just, we gotta we gotta move on. Uh, yeah. so, Hold so on. This More. game was just... Okay, but that's for me. I, the gameplay, personally, for me, was so boring because it was the same repetitive thing for so long. So... As Abby, and then I'm thinking, okay, this is the small portion. I've been playing for 15 hours at this point. This is probably like a good five-hour little thing. No, it's gonna it's, skip by. It's no, like it's a, the other second. It's the second half of the it's game. It's the second half of the game. And I noticed that when I opened the skill tree up for Abby and realized I had to do the exact same thing that I've been doing for 15 hours straight. And, well, I look, hated, it, and, I, and I hated it. And that's another thing they do to try to make us like Abby more is that they give her the better gameplay sections. To be honest, like they do, she has they 100% do. she has the better weapons and everything. And like I said, they just do everything they can to make us like Abby in a manipulative way. Like she, she, she saves kids. She plays with dogs instead of killing them. She questions authority. She has the better gameplay sections uh, with better pacing. And her story is more about saving people rather than killing them. But see, that's actually the internal conflict that happened with... What, what's the name of the company again? Naughty Dog. Dog. Naughty Dog. That same thing that happened in Naughty Dog almost happened with Doom. Just Hugo Martin ferociously oh. fought, fought internal conflicts okay. and made sure that he could get away with as much as possible... And a little bit more. Oh, Naughty Dog had a creative okay. freedom. Okay, no, this 100%. okay, no. Well, Naughty Dog. Well, it was also. I heard, I heard different stories. No, Naughty, Naughty. No, the direction for the game is what had is what had problems. You see, a lot of the a lot of the original creators on The Last of Us and some on Uncharted Four left. Like, let's just say they were not really treated the the best based on what I've heard. It's. A lot of the same people stayed. A lot of the same people stayed, to be honest. It was a lot of devs in general that just left. Just I, yeah. Well, I would have to do my research on yeah. that. But let me... But let's... Let's, let's do... Let's, close this envelope on let's, this yeah. let's, on. let's close the envelope on this. And... Look, I... I agree I, with the ending. I... <laughs> I, I do not... I do not agree with the ending. The ending just pissed me off, honestly. You know, a weird thing, you know what did tick me off about it that most people probably don't care about is her fingers. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's, that, the, okay. that's the only thing where I'm like, no, the, that, what, that ticked me off. When she well, lost her fingers, I'm like, you got to kill her now. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. You see. The thing. She says fingers. Well, that's, that is kind of a big thing in this game is because in the, okay. It's so what ties her to Joel. Okay, so here's the, so here's. Oh, Okay. I didn't so have context. She can play dark. Okay. Maybe. All right. Well, that that's what brings us to the, to the part where you said people thought Ellie was going to get killed. Mm-hmm. Well, towards the end, at the end of Abby's day three, at the end of her campaign, oh, okay. we Don't we about yeah, at the end of Abby's campaign, we we find Ellie and, it, and we get a repeat of that part where Abby busts in, takes Tommy hostage, kills Jesse, and holds Ellie at gunpoint. Who Jesse? Oh, only I never trusted him. I thought he was gonna back backstab yeah, me, me the whole okay. time. Well, so I, only when he died, I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. At, as I was saying, right there, we we see that whole thing again. Only this time, we take control of Abby and we have to fight Ellie, mm. which really just made me feel uncomfortable. Basically, there. Yes, we do. We do have to fight Ellie and try to kill her. And then, um, right when right when Abby beats Ellie to a pulp, uh, Dina comes in and tries to kill Abby herself by getting the jump on her with a knife. 
but then gets shot in the back of the back of the shoulder by Lev with an arrow. And then Abby takes Dina's knife after knocking her unconscious and is right, right about to slit her throat. And that's where Ellie says, stop. She had nothing to do with this. She's pregnant. And Abby just replies, good, because Ellie killed Abby's pregnant friend, Mel. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, diff the one thing I will say was a slight difference in that, or a big difference in that is, Ellie didn't know Mel was pregnant when she killed her. Abby doesn't know that. No. Abby does not know that. No, Abby knew for sure that... Okay, okay, no, that you're right on that part. Abby didn't know that. But to be honest, uh, Mel clearly didn't care about her baby at all. Clearly by going on the front lines, you know, of battle while very much pregnant. And I don't know if you're being... I don't know. Let, let me just think about this. If you're being held at gunpoint... Don't you think the first thing you'd say is, please, don't shoot me, I'm pregnant. Instead, she says nothing. That, that, People act in different situations. I don't know. Just that, that, that just made me feel like, yeah, Mel does not care about her baby at all. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say that. Okay. You, know, you obviously haven't seen Vikings. Just, okay. Uh, I have not seen that, but I'm just saying. Also, who really likes to be the like one victim. holding the victim or the one holding the team behind at the end of the day? Well, she clearly yeah. was doing that by going out on the front lines pregnant. I'm, sure, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised none of the scars or the... Fucking fighting killed her baby before Ellie could. Uh, yeah, I'm quoting Darty yeah, again, but, but still. Yeah. Going to the actual, actual ending. Okay, I, the actual, actual I ending. Agree. Okay, so that, then we gotta wrap okay, this up. So, okay, I'm wrapping this up. So basically, Abby spares Dina because um, Lev was like. That little bit of humanity. That little bit of humanity left in her, and she, didn't, she wanted to set a better example. So that's where she stays her hand there and spares them. Fast forward a year later, Dina gives birth to the baby she was pregnant with and, and like she two more hours of yeah gameplay. two more hours of gameplay where uh i'm so where, glad I'm, i haven't gotten on the okay but no seriously we to, gotta go to, to the very end we yeah. just got it okay you know they're exposition if they okay. watch this the end, okay if listening they play the game if this is the spoiler cast they yeah. know they they know the lead yeah. up in the context okay Ellie finds Abby again in California a year later, only she's been captured by the Rattlers, which is a group of slavers. She's dehydrated. She, she, she's she's malnourished. Second-degree second burns. She's yeah. malnourished. She, she has, like, lost all those gains. And that's where she and Ellie have one last fight, you know, to the death. Ellie so, does something different. She threatens a literal, a literal innocent. She she literally threatens Lev right there. Who is to, unconscious to get to get to get Abby to fight, and that's where Abby bites off two of Ellie's fingers in a fight, and Ellie literally has her held under the the beach water right there, ready to Drowning drown her. her. And then this right is there, the scene I've heard about. And then right there, Ellie gets a flashback to Joel playing guitar, and then just, smiling at her, and then just has a change of heart, and then she just lets Abby go. Just like that. After after all after all these hours. All, losing everything. Losing everything literally just let her go because revenge is bad. At this point she because she chose to go after Abby again, she lost Dana. She lost Dana. She lost their newborn baby. She lost her fingers, which she left her, her unable fingers. to play guitar, which was her only connection to Joel. Yes. Um, and now, but, the, but what made me angry about... She was left with nothing. Yeah, and what made me angry about this scene is how she 
the, when she when she just let Abby go, Abby now gets to live a life bonding with Lev. I get that the I get that the whole message in it is that revenge is bad, but to be honest, it's only bad when. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But to be honest, it's, apparently it's only bad when Ellie is seeking it. Abby went to go seek revenge on Joel, and it was practically served up to her. She she got she got away with it, and now gets to live a life bonding with Lev, while Ellie spares Abby, got her got basically almost no revenge except for the accomplices, and now has lost everything, including her last connection to Joel, which was her fingers to play guitar with. I just feel like. Bottom line, my biggest problem with this game was how they butchered Joel and Ellie as characters. They literally butchered Joel, literally and figuratively, with Ellie. It was just not how I wanted to see them, and this is just not the game that I wanted. Like, all those flashbacks between between Joel and Ellie right there, like in the museum, or, or fighting Beautiful. together. Like, I just keep thinking, what happened to this idea? That was I wanted to play this. But Neil Druckmann didn't give us that. Instead, he had to just put too many political messages in there and just butcher our favorite characters. So it got the Star Wars treatment. It got. Would the, you want to play a game where it was just domestic Joel? Just yes. Really? No. Yes. I would have liked yeah. to. Ma- I would have liked to see maybe them go on another adventure for maybe whatever circumstances because that was. They the- didn't go on adventures. They didn't have a reason to. They found a home and became domestic. I know, people. but I mean, but I mean, like maybe they could have thought of something. Is what I'm saying. Like the reason why he and Ellie get you know came together in the first game was because of just unusual circumstances. True, and that's what. And that's what I thought was going to happen. But that's in this. a once in a million circumstance, though. I know that, but I thought maybe another circumstance, like maybe their 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 town got attacked or something, you know, was going to happen, something like that. And then we would just be playing like the Revenant with Ellie right there, you know? Ooh, could you imagine? That would have. In Do fact, you know? in fact, someone get someone yeah. made a someone made a fan made trailer like that where it was like the Last of Us Part Two, the Revenant style. I like the Logan style. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But so overall, it was... Here's the thing about that. It was great. It was great gameplay, but the story angered me, and the characters, and including the new characters, were just not the way I thought they would be treated. In fact, the new characters, such as right. Owen... Such as Owen... He was Mel, very... Just, I know a lot of people liked him, but I just... No, Owen like was just a cheating creep. He cheats on his... Pre- he cheats on his pregnant w- girlfriend with... With Abby, and tries to get with her again when he's. I do not agree with it, but I understand why he would do that. I why? hate it. Why? Because he's feeling he's feeling. And when I mean I understand it is in like the little part of me. I understand it because he's just insecure, because he's afraid to be. Guess what? A dad. And honestly. That's why I kind of hate him. That's why I didn't like him. I was like, oh, okay. And You recognized what was happening. Yeah, I recognized what was happening, and I realized I was like, no. And I felt bad for Abby a little bit right there. I'm like, she still wants to be with him. She wants to reconcile that relationship. And I realized, I'm just like, yeah. And even she realizes it. She chooses those kids over Owen. And it's only when that he, you know she finds his body that she, she's like, Oh no no that was my friend, not my lover but my actual friend, and also the other pregnant woman. Uh, Mel. Mel. Uh, like, okay, but going like back, going back to just real quick, going back to the very ending. Throughout the whole game, you see that Ellie's freaking out. She's got PTSD and all that good stuff. She is shaking. 
As soon as she's in the farmhouse, in front of the farmhouse, when she goes back, no fingers, her hand is completely still. For me, as far as how the character is treated, I'm happy because I'm, oh, because, okay, so they, they give you a fake ending when, you know, the year later, the baby's there, she's living happily on the farm, and then something falls and it reminds, like a shovel falls over in the, in the Yeah, and it reminds and, her of Joel getting hit. And right there, that broke my heart. I immediately, I was like, dude, I was okay if she didn't get her revenge. I want my characters to be happy with who they are in their lives. And, and once was- I saw that, I knew what was going to happen, which sucked, because I was like, okay, she's not going to let this go. The second I saw her standing still, I'm like, it pissed me off because she can't play guitar, but she's at a better point in her life than she was, what is it, a year before that. Mm-hmm. That's all I needed. The way Joel went out, it could have happened to any one of those characters because they live in a fucked up world that can happen to any of them. Any, any one of them. That, it's just, it is what it is. So, Neil Druckmann, Troy Baker, who plays Joel, and I think it's on the kind of funny spoiler cast. He said himself, he's like, no one loves these fucking characters more than me. No Dragon said this. And Troy Baker. You think we didn't have a discussion? We didn't fight over this? especially Troy, because hell, he didn't even he hated the way, you know, he said it multiple times I heard about seven that years about Sarah, the way that scene was done. And he was just like, you know, this sucks. He shouldn't have to lose his daughter. Anyways. He went on record. He's like, I hate this. I know what has to be done because I am here to serve the story and it's not about me. It's about what these characters are going through because of the shit they did and the consequences they have to go through it. But he was fighting back and forth. And I'm like thinking, you know what? Normally I don't really believe what the method actor has to say, but Troy Baker seems like a genuine guy who gives a shit about his characters. So I'm just like thinking, if he has to go through that, and also he can't even talk about it with anybody you know just amongst the creators and themselves he's like this is built up this is a character he played not for uh, a couple of hours like we did as gamers he played for months and then he has These to go scenarios. back he, yeah and he can't talk about and it. he has then he went back and dub like you know some certain scenes that you know you have to redub or i'm saying he spent so much time with this character i don't think they disrespected these characters i hated that they didn't get the storybook ending Part of me wishes I was like, fuck, why didn't they just... I didn't want a storybook now. I just... No, wanted... no, no, yes, but you wanted, like, something just not... They didn't deserve these. Do they deserve this? I don't know. Well... I, I, in my opinion, the story should have been linear, or hell, part two should have been just Abby's story. And then at the end... nothing to do with Like, yeah, I thought... And then at the I very thought end... This, this is one thing idea I had. Like, if they wanted to make a story about Abby, what if they just made The Last of Us an anthology? Well, that's what I was saying. You were going to be given that. Yeah. You were going to be... Okay, and then at the very end, you hear someone say, Hey, you know, the guy... You know, Joel's over there. Just mention it. Or just some, Hey, that guy with the girl has been seen over there. And then let's say she looks over the cliff, and she says, That's where they're at. Bam. Cuts the black. And then it's revealed, like, let's say it's called, you know, like, anthology series. I don't know what title it would be, but let's just say the real title pops up at the end. Bam! Last of Us Part 2. I'm just like, yeah. Like, what if it was a weird acronym that we just didn't know, and then that's what it was? Could have been. But anyway, so... I thought it was an okay game. 
I thought it was an okay game, but just the story pissed me off and the characters pissed me off. Like, they stop sending death threats to creators. That's yeah, so stupid. Yeah, let me go, let me so let me stupid. go ahead and point this out. Look, I want to say this just because this is like become an issue and I can't ignore it now. You cannot send death threats to developers or actors for making a game or playing a character. That is not okay. And I want to. We're better than this, people. And I want to. And I want to say this for Abby's actress, Laura Bailey, which she loves that character genuinely. Okay, that aside, I want to just say this to Miss Laura Bailey: You are a beautiful actress. You act very well, and I've been a big fan for the past eight years. You deserved better than that. I hope you're doing well. So, moving on. To so, apart from that, I just hope that, you know... Any franchise. Any franchise can probably learn from this one for better or for worse. And don't... And video games... It's not the end well, of the world. And video games... Despite just, 2020 being what it was. And let me just say this. In terms of writing, if you're, if you're going to make another game where you put a pregnant woman on the front lines, maybe just don't. That just not feel right like Wolfenstein did it once and felt really weird well then again that game is like you know more Tarantino Tarantino you can do anything in that but this was more realistic I was like eh, it depends on how you do it well, the, well doing it in a more realistic way just I, like I in this one felt really not right huh? like did you like I'm, like that, that scene where they crashed the car I'm like <laughs> I, I know no, it, it makes your gut kind of, like, churn a bit. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, that is just weird. Anyways. Okay, moving on. Sorry. I had to get that little idea out of the way. Next, next up is, well, probably the hidden gem of the year. Hades. Hades, really? Okay, so tell, tell us a little bit about Hades. Well, Hades is... Um, Hades is an indie game that... That really went under the radar mostly this year. Yeah, it was released on it. it was released on at least PC and Nintendo Switch. Now, Hades I thought was really fun because it's like this has a really unique uh, concept in it. So you play as Zacharias, who is the um, son of Hades, the prince of the underworld. And your ultimate goal is to escape the underworld and and join your fellow brethren in Olympus. Okay. So, but the unique thing about this game is, is that... It's platforming. No, it's not platforming. It's an isometric hack and slash. Okay. So... Beautiful. beautiful and it is beautifully art, written beautiful and made. Like, let me just say this. The game... The, the, like, everything in it is, like, hand-drawn right there. And it all... Blends smoothly, and the voice acting is just excellent for an indie game. Like they they did such a good job with the voice work. Any notable uh, vo you know VAs? No, none of these voices I have heard before, and they just do such an outstanding job. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. I get a little enthusiastic. Oh no, I, trust me. Like. Right now, we got past depressing stuff. I'm getting towards more towards the games I absolutely love. So we're getting wholesome here. We're getting wholesome again. <laughs> so, anyway. So, I'm, 
And I'm sorry about any comments I made. I didn't mean to offend anyone. No, 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 no. We're, we're that kind of podcast. We're, we're all about that. Fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, so, t- it, so it's a uh, so isometric it's an hack isometri- It's an isometric hack and slash, and you go from room to room killing waves of enemies. But the unique thing about this is it has like a Dark Souls type difficulty. Okay. And the real you and the real unique thing is you're gonna die a lot. But every time you die in this game, the story still progresses. You mean progress? Like, like you're expected to die. Like every time you die, you go back to the very start of the game. But, you know, things have changed. Like, you'll be able to talk to characters. You'll be able to... Time still goes on. Time still goes on. It doesn't, like, rewind. It doesn't rewind or make it restart at the very beginning. Like, it keeps going and going. Interesting. I don't know that. You're expected to die so you can grow stronger. And then, you know... And you have to catch up at that point in time where you die. Catch up to that point and then try to go past it. And while the uh, it's almost like uh, the CPUs are still kind of yeah. doing their own thing. Yeah, well, you as it, the character are basically what you're experiencing with the player would usually do, and that's your learn. The character is growing and learning with you. So that is awesome. That's it, it, kind of creepy, it's especially pretty, with and it's really well done. Like I haven't finished it yet, but I'm going to. But this game was you're the first person to tell me that aspect of it, and now I just I want oh, to play it. Is just, it. It is just Who so made this? Was this Elon Musk? No. no. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding, but like this this sounds but, like Neuralink. Talking about Hades? <laughs> yeah, Hades. I'll, I'll look that but up. It, Elon, you maniac! But honestly, just this game was is so much fun and is super addictive as well. Uh-huh. So Super Giant Games. Super Giant. Super Giant. Okay. So Super Giant Games just made themselves kind of a masterpiece here. Like I, I could just get on my Nintendo Switch for hours oh. trying to trying to play this. Yes, Cam? They made one and it's called Bastion. I've heard of. Okay. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, that was an Xbox Live arcade game back for the 360, and it was mm-hmm. kind of a okay game. wasn't terrible, yeah. but those people made this? Yeah. Looks like it. That's leaps and bounds from what it used to be, man. Well, this game just is something clearly unique that I think is one that most people need to play. And again... And, what, and another thing I do love about it, this is probably something nobody else has said, but just Zacharias himself is like, is just kind of, is like a badass that can also stay kind of serious at the same time. You know? Think of him as like. So he's not a Dante. He's like Dante. I think of John Wick. He's like John a, Wick. No, he's like a combination of like Dante and John Wick almost. That's 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 probably the most adequate way I can put it. You just in my brain, it just went straight to like every you know cool guy anime. Like I'm brooding, I'm quiet, but I'm a badass. Also, I can make a joke every now and then. I can be fun. <laughs> but no, yeah, no. You you don't have like one of those brooding characters, one of those two sarcastic ones. Yeah. But just a very melancholy guy. Which is understandable because he's the prince of the underworld trapped in there and can't get out. He's never known happiness, people. No. You sold me on this game, though. Oh, but anyway, I will say, Hades, great game. Need to go on with it. Yes. Which brings We're us to on. which brings us to our next one, and I gotta say this monologue real quick. Mm-hmm. 
In 2020, they declared this year one of the worst generations in gaming. Main issues, sky high rate of microtransactions and more SJW influence than any time else. Can't can't deny it, it's all true, but everybody still wants to game. You see, gaming's always got a promise for you. It might be a lie, an illusion, but it's just around the corner and it keeps you going. CD Projekt Red, oh, they're okay. the developers of dreams, I was say, are you and, I'm, and I'm a big dreamer. <laughs> Which brings us to Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, I'm going to let you guys handle this because I have no... I've not played the game. I've heard that it's I... great when it works, and there's just major issues when it doesn't. That's well, all I have to say about it. Well, I've, I've been playing it, and I have quite a few experiences um, with it. What? I I have been playing it on Xbox One X, which is... Which I've heard it's pretty decent. It's pretty decent on, but I had it crash on me five times. Five times. Which is to be expected, because I've heard... Okay, the, game's is, the game is unfinished. The game is unfinished. Now, maybe we'll have a different conversation. Let, let me let me say something to go back to what we were talking about, death threats and stuff. Uh, guys, you have to find this just a little bit ironic that the same people that were sending death threats when the developers were saying, it's not ready, now you get an unfinished game, and then you're sending death threats for getting an unfinished game. It was coming game. out originally in March of 2020. They wanted to delay it. No, no, oh. that's what I'm saying. It was the original date was March 20th. No, it was, and then it, they said we had was, problems. We got to delay it. And, and, and then it was, it was September. Summer, yes. And then it was November. And they and wanted then, to push it back again. And because then they, they pushed were it in three, two weeks from November to December. Yeah. So look, here's, here's let's wait until when they're ready. Let's to be. The more time, I feel more comfortable with them. Well, I'd say maybe just wait till March because that probably would have been the best time. But what I've played of it, I think it's... When it's ready. Here's here's what I say. It is a broken game with a great game in there. Mm -hmm. You know? That's all I'm hearing about people who are playing on PC and Stadia, surprisingly enough. Yeah, Yeah, so the only people that... I'm surprised surprised Stadia has has been doing so well with it. They've... They've changed up their model, not to take it off topic, but they changed up their model and it's easier to access and understand. Okay. Well, with my experience with Cyberpunk, I've had it crash me five times and there have been texture pop-ins and quite a few glitches. But when I am able to enjoy the game, I will say it is pretty fun, you know? It's kind of piss easy, but it's still... But you're having fun. It's still pretty fun. Has its moments. Like, um... Did you finish the campaign? Not fully, okay, no. Okay. I've mostly been doing all the side quests, trying so, to level up. Which, which like, life, life path are you taking? Uh, I oh, went, okay. I took, I went the corpo path. I kind of figured you. Uh, and made a male V. Really? I thought you were going to go with the female belt. And, uh, I, if it were me, it would be female nomad. Okay, here's, female nomad. Well, here's the thing. I have this weird thing with games with customizable characters where... Okay, I, just okay. P, PG thirteen. If if we go in that route, because cyberpunk is notorious for. Uh, oh, okay, P, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. If you go in that route, okay, no. PG thirteen. Okay, well, when it comes to cus- games with customizable characters, I just have this compulsive weird thing that I have mm-hmm. that, like, if I just am like, I didn't get their eyes right. I need to go back and okay. re- remake everything. 
you know, where I'm just look where I'm just looking at my character just seriously. I've done that with Fallout. Yeah, so I remade Especially New Vegas. So I remade my character a few times. Yes, I did try try with a female and then male and female female male again. And I just finally sat on a male Corpo V. And I was actually quite content with that. It was actually pretty good. I gave him a few features. I would give him, like, you know, a corpo look, like the cyberware that's around his eyes and a tattoo of, like, a barcode on his forehead. Okay, Agent 47. Well, 47. I, I know, it's on the back of the head. Back of his head. That, that's so, the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, like, so scan that. I, I, tried, I tried to make him look as, like, corpo-ish as possible. But that's kind of one disappointing thing is that uh, each life path has a different opening because I tried each and every one of them, except for Nomad, actually. I, I just saw them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. But um, I tried Street Kid as well. Mm-hmm. But the disappointing thing is is that that's kind of the only diversity you get in terms of like the you know narrative in some ways. After that, it does the whole uh, montage of V settling into Night City, and then, you know, it goes to the first uh, job where of him and Jackie as mercenaries, where they save that, uh, save that woman from the scavengers, and then it just keeps going from there. Now, what, and, and another thing I will say that's pretty disappointing is... I was one of those guys who saw the 2018 demo for it. Oh, yeah. And that that looked like just... My mind was blown from that. I'm thinking of Spider-Man 2018. You didn't now. learn from, from Watch Dogs, did you? <laughs> no, I did not learn from Watch Dogs. But, that's, never, be, but that's, because that was, that's because that was made by Ubisoft. This was made by the guys who brought us The Witcher. So. Doesn't matter. Okay, well, my, my excitement got the better of me because yes, it what what I was disappointed with was, like, there was so much cut content and so much... Uh, Not the fault of the developers. Let's make that and the clear. And the third-person cutscenes were cut, too. Like, yeah. Like, I, if I... I get that we can look in a mirror or look at the inventory screen it's to see our same. to see our character, it's but it's just not the same as getting to see our character in action right there. That was what turned me off from this game where I was like, once they said specifically we are not going through with third person anymore, we're going specifically just first person. I mean I, was I, just doing I mean I mean like that bit where you get to see V in her like in the demo you saw V in her apartment and she clearly just got done sleeping with a guy. Uh, right or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes, Got to see some man butt yeah. right there. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, it's like stuff like that was what I was looking forward to in story as well. I thought that would have been really cool for like the big betrayal scene that got spoiled in a trailer where Dexter shoots V right there. Oh, that okay, okay. okay. You I, know. I I didn't really mind that as much as I like. I hate it when they give too much expo and um trailers like they did with uh you know movies terminator star wars but but that i was like this kind of it made me want to get more into the cyberpunk universe i was like okay i want to see i want to see keanu reeves do his thing yeah and let's let's talk about keanu reeves's character johnny silverhand here Mm -hmm. so johnny silverhand was a aka tyler duden kind of actually was in a way 
No, actually, no. I'm no, no, no. I, I, I know. I'm serious. I know. No, his no, character. I may, that was a joke. His character is like a cybernetic Tyler Durden who, who, uh, you know, has a bit. Yeah, no. I, I don't. I'm, I don't think I can think of any other terms. Like he is basically a cybernetic Tyler Durden. In your head. In your head. But back when he was alive, he was. Uh, he was a ex-soldier turned rocker who wanted to destroy Arasaka. And that's Which what, is the bad guy company, you know, we bad guy have company. an antagonist in the story. Yeah. And we're fighting like the and we're fighting like a big big Arasaka son because, you know, Arasaka yeah, Subaru Arasaka, the senior one, gets killed by his own son, Yorinobu. Gotta yeah. kill the son. Yeah, so that's where Johnny is just like, you know, is just like, destroy our soccer, beat him, gut him. But so basically, he, he promotes anarchy. He definitely promotes anarchy. In fact, there isn't even, in fact, when we were first introduced to Johnny Silverhand, we played as Johnny right there. And I just thought that was awesome because we see everything from his perspective in first person. From from what I've seen of Keanu Reeves' uh, performance in this, from uh, you know visual and uh, vocal, he did a really good job as the character. Like I, I kind of was like, eh, I, I don't know about Keanu playing this kind of like anti-hero kind of guy, but he, he really nailed it. Well, I just I think Keanu Reeves is one of I those actors as, like, we all. I just role. I, I think in this kind of like hard kind of like I think Keanu Reeves is one of those actors we just love to see because we don't care about his acting ability we just love to see <laughs> him, you know? you're not wrong you know that's that's how I see it you know he could be he could be doing good acting he could be doing bad acting but we don't care we just love him as a person and so, we just want to see him in these someone movies someone said as a joke to me they said, hey, you don't really care for the Tom Holland Spider-Man, right? And I was like, it's fine. It's okay. I don't hate it or anything. And they're just like, what if they showed Keanu Reeves in flashback playing Uncle Ben? I was like, <laughs> you know what? That could, that could get me. That could get that me. So overall, I want to just close this out with Cyberpunk, since I don't really have much else to say about it other than it's a great game in a, bro- in a broken state. I hope that... In the future... I hope that in the future they can fix it up to be the game that it was meant to be, and I hope that if there are any sequels, like if they make this their new Witcher series, can't wait for, for Cyberpunk 3 then, because that game will blow everybody's mind away, like Dardigan said. Ronald, any final thoughts on that? No, I'm good. Well, you look like you wanted to say something. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Well, next one we got is... Technically a 2017 game, but this was my this is honestly my favorite game. And say it with me, guys. I don't know what it is. I, I of all time. Of what? Of all time. I don't know what you just said. He said of all time. I don't know. I don't know. My what favorite, one of my favorite games of all time. Okay. I was trying to quote. Oh, Jules. one of your favorite games of all time. I was trying to. I quote, was like, I've never heard of all time. I was, okay. I was trying to quote Jules from what culture, and I ultimately failed. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what is Okay, it? so what is the game? Persona 5. Oh, okay. okay. Guys, I have not played this. Everyone from GT, all my friends, Slade, everyone from the gym has played this game except for me. I've heard there's a new version of it right this now. This is that new version. Yeah, yeah. And it is the version to play. Why, why should I buy this and not the original? 
because it has extra content, new characters, a whole other third arc, you know, a third semester, and a whole new ending, and uh, because of that, I don't think we should spoil this one. And a freaking killer soundtrack, and no, we are not going to spoil this one because this is. That's like because this is next on my list. This is one I would not spoil to my worst enemy. I would. I would. They're my worst enemy. Okay. <laughs> but not not on the podcast, guys. Okay, let me just say, Persona Five, as you, if as you as you know, was a 2017 game with Royal being the definitive updated version of it, and it just made me fall in love with it all over again. This is honestly just one of the best games I've ever played in years, and is always going to have a special spot in my heart. Pun intended, because the Phantom Thieves take your heart and they stole mine <laughs> play on words right there did you get the definitive collector's edition that comes with the uh the book and everything i wish i did but I i've i seen it my friend i i won't say he loaned so, it to me but he showed it to me and so, everything like what their original designs to what the characters were originally going to look like and the final product is beautiful let me I just highly, i haven't even played the game but well, what i've seen I highly recommend get the collectors. The anime is on Crunchyroll, by the way. Yes. And That's the only thing that I've been exposed so, to. I don't on, know how accurate that is. It's on Transformation as well, so well, I've been dubbed. Okay. Well, here's, okay. Well, here's the, well, here's the most adequate way we can put it in terms of like what this game's all about. The Phantom Thieves go into the metaverse. They go into a palace, which is a metaphor for somebody's heart in a different world. They take the treasure, which is like the piece of their heart. When they steal it, they... The... The owner of the palace, who is usually a bad person, confesses all their crimes. All right. And yeah. So let's just say, let's just say that's the most adequate version of play it. This game is turn-based. It is a whole lot of fun. It's super addicting. It consumed my life for two months when I first, <laughs> when I first, when I first played okay. it. When I when I played okay. the, when I played the original version, and this also lets you do just. This lets this lets you do some this lets you do things that you know you probably will never get to do in real life. God, this sounds like a game that is you know later on the list, but I'm no, absolutely this, involved in. But things you get to do in this in Persona Five Royal that you probably don't get to do in real life are just so nice. Like you get to spend Christmas with your girlfriend. <laughs> and My mother's more like okay. Uh, I thought we were going. <laughs> I was like, uh, fight evil beings? <laughs> I was so, going to say violence. But, I don't you know. know. I just, I was building it up for some. You, you were. I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, that, this must be some real cool shit. <laughs> yeah, you get to spend, yeah, towards the end, you get to spend, you get to spend Christmas with your girlfriend and Valentine's Day and White Day. For those. White, white Day. Oh. For those, oh, oh, that. Oh, okay. for those who don't know, White Day is a day, in, is a holiday in Japan where, um, it takes place a month after Valentine's Day, where the guys have to get a gift to the girl who who gets them a gift so, on Valentine's. So in Japan, it's traditional for girls to get their to get their crush chocolates, which is like usually brown milk chocolate. But then on White Day, the man usually gives them white chocolate in return. Look, I'm a nerd, but I absolutely think America should adopt just just that little thing right there. Just you know, FYI. Yes, but also, let me just also talk about, like, some of the new things added without giving any spoilers. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Okay, well, let me just say, new character, Kasumi, just awesome. 
Let me go ahead and say that. New character Kasumi, just awesome. The third arc, awesome. And this also just has like one of the best villains I have seen in a game that earned redemption. Honestly, we're not talking about. Uh, I okay. I'm gonna shut up. I was about to say yeah, leave it, leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not gonna talk about I that. I didn't. I didn't. But let me just also say some of the new voice casts includes the includes the great horror post. Who you may know as Isabel from the Promised Netherland. Oh, and she is great. And we also get the talent of the great, the, well, let's just say the now great Billy Kamitz, the Shield hero. My guy. <laughs> he is basically the Daniel Craig of anime voice acting right now. He. Uh, no, no, nobody knew him. Before, nobody really. I don't think anybody really knew him before Shield Hero. But now, after that, everybody knows him now. Oh, okay, 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 that's okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I was like, that's a very open-ended statement. I was like, what, okay, but yeah, I get you. I get that's, you. That's, <laughs> I get that's how it was with Daniel Craig. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? Well, I can't say anything without giving spoilers because I don't want to spoil this game overall. This one is one that I would highly recommend to anybody who's a fan of JRPGs, and I would recommend this to anybody who's a big fan of JRPGs, and if you love anime, and if you're as weeby as I am, yeah, definitely do it. And also, if you're going to be a guy who's going to be single and lonely for the rest of his life, like me, you should also Get play. You should all. You should also play if you ever want to spend uh, Christmas or Valentine's Day with a girlfriend. Because one. Because the more you know. Hey, one of those. Hey, hey, one of those girlfriends can be the hot goth doctor doctor down the street. We don't talk about that. No, but that's one of your romance <laughs> Hey, that's literally one of your no, romance I, I options. I, I know. Alrighty, I know. moving on from that. So, next game, please. Well, the last... I ne- think we can agree on this one. Yeah, this is your th- game of the year, right? This game. This is game of the year right here because Ooh. it is new, it is hip, it is now, it is wow, and I Real can't quick, believe how. Before you say it, I'm not going to say the name. This game has won awards... Everyone that talks about it loves it, and just nothing really bad to say about it. I still feel like it's underrated. Can I please get a drum yes. roll, please? That honor goes to Ghost of Tsushima. Yes, oh. I've been waiting for this one, guys. Okay, mm-hmm. so I did one. not think that was the so, game we were talking oh, about. What? What? Oh, we'll get to that. In okay, a second. I know what you're talking about. So no, we that's, all that's coming. Up. We all have something to say about this, but I'm gonna let Nick's. <laughs> I'm going to let Nick start this one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, guys, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, do we, okay, what do you call it? I call it Ghost. Ghost? Just Ghost. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, with Ghost... I'm saying, what do you call it? Ghost. Do you just call just, it by the whole name? Yeah. Whole okay. Title. All right. Um, it, it's literally the only reason why I got a PlayStation. I'm... I'm no, seriously. Really? And, um... I, I, I can't say this person's name because currently we're on bad terms, but, um, okay. and I told them about this and they were furious. They're like, what about, you know, God of War and, you know, uh, <laughs> Sekiro, you know, Shadow Side 20, and I'm just like, here's God, a, I, I don't even care. Here's I don't matters. even care. This game made you do it. That's exactly. What That's what matters. I, and there was another thing I said that made them mad, but, um, 
this this is what sold me on the PlayStation Four Pro, and um, I I wasn't. Oh, I bet it looks beautiful. Yeah, yes, guys, four K, four K. One thing I like about this is um, there's uh, black and white mode called the Kurosawa mode. So like, this is literally the samurai game for like people who grew up with 1980s like uh, Baron Cub or just samurai f films, flicks. Uh, just it, it's that action it's that samurai action movie game that we've wanted for years and never got the first gameplay trailer sold me where as soon as you did yeah, that yes. yeah one you know the thing you've always wanted to do the knife where it looks like you just pulled it out for a second and yes. the dude falls apart and I'm thinking that's it that's what I want to play <laughs> however yeah I would be lying and saying because I'm kind of at the point where I'm just kind of over open worlds and I saw this and I said you know what this is going to be an okay game down the line when I get it or if it's on Game Pass or something you know what I meant yeah. or now PlayStation now because it's yeah. an exclusive and it was random I it was just the day the game had came out and I said you know what I'll buy it and I'll return it within 48 hours didn't happen and and, and I'm thinking okay it didn't click with me the combat didn't because it's really? like that Dark Souls type, you know, where you roll around at first. Okay. For it takes me, getting I'm, used to. Yes, exactly. And I'm also a very casual gamer. Mm -hmm. I play games for fun. I don't like getting harassed by enemies and taking getting down. And admittedly, it, this, game did, this game did a cool thing where you felt you were getting better bit by bit. But more importantly than that, combat's amazing. Story, I love that it's simple. It doesn't. It's not overbearing. It's about the characters and what they go through, but it's also a very simple transition. But my favorite thing about this is mm -hmm. that no game for me has done this so well. Is I just was walking through the world, exploring, just going about my business, and it was just amazing. One, it's beautiful to look at. Yes. Two, it's just the world just felt awesome. Can we just talk about the side quest on this? The fact okay. that everything lasted majority of the side quests quote unquote lasted from two to five minutes and it's that reason why they had so many and the fact that so many felt different this yes. felt like a world where people were trying to do stuff also there there's no map for the most part on your hood mm -hmm. no there it is just, no map no, you, ju no, you no. just you just pull it up when you need to look at it but when you need yes. directions you, you use the wind you swipe the the, so on the, the PlayStation, yeah, then... the game did a good job of making me want to explore this world without feeling, oh great, now I have a checklist I need to do. Which this game it felt came, organic. Yes, it felt, that's the word. Felt organic. Not to mention it came out at a very good time when I was going through a morbid time because of a game we talked about earlier mm -hmm. that came out. It came out three time. It came out three weeks after the Last of Us Part Two. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing. Same time frame. Now here's the thing saying about the exploration. I agree. The exploration was one of the most fun parts along with the side quests. In fact, I haven't had this much fun with exploration since I played The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's what I've heard about comparison yeah. as far as mm -hmm. exploration. Yeah. Now, and let me say, the side quests in this game have some great freaking rewards. Like, my favorites... Customization. Okay, Let's well, my favorite... Talk about that. Okay, we'll get to that. But okay. my favorites being like this, all the unique armor and yes. skills you get. In the fact, dies. love me some dies. Like, yes. like there's this one. There was this Thank one. You, but there was this one side quest in particular where you learn the heavenly strike, and you so you 
So you're tracking down this, this one samurai or this one instructor who learned this legendary move, but then he was intercepted by another, by another one who, who wanted to learn that move. So he forced him to teach it to him, and then that's where you f- and killed him. You know? No, no, not not you, but the guy who the, uh, the guy who wanted to learn this move killed the instructor after learning the move. So that's where you as Jin uh, face him off in a duel right there. Beautiful. Yeah, and then that's something out of a movie, guys. Yeah, something out of a movie, and then not to overhype. And then that's it, where and then that's where Jin it deserves it. And that's where Jin learns this move by studying his opponent and then... And fending off the attacks. You gradually learn the move. I know, and that's what I loved about it. And that's what I liked about Jin, how he was able to... Learn from his enemies. Literally. Literally learn from his enemies right there. And you felt like you were learning with him. Like, it didn't feel... It felt like you were generally learning and you got better as Jin did. Yes. It got to the point where it's like, I felt... Like a badass. Yes. But it wasn't to the point where like, man, if there's so many number of enemies, yes, I can get overwhelmed. That's where my... Okay, so I played it down the middle. I was Ghost and I was Samurai. I did not go one or the other because I enjoyed both gameplays. For example, when I needed to, you know, get a skill, I think you can like scan the... Like if you go to an enemy camp, you can scan the leader and you can just by scanning him you literally get or slaughter him i believe sorry slaughter or just kind of like hide in the bushes and watch the leader of each camp okay 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 you so can, okay, you okay. can learn the so move. yes you also you get a skill and that's the fastest way to get skills because if you slaughter him or scan him and take everyone out you get skills faster that's and that's exactly what i did so did that as a ghost and then i would actually make my way out or sometimes i would kill everyone from the back you go you go the samurai yes and then i would go to the samurai and then it's like oh wait shing shing i just took away three <laughs> people and then i took out the camp already as a ghost prior but i still wanted to confront these last yeah. two people or whatever and then sometimes i would be upset because of like say i can't remember the side mission but there was this side mission where you just felt so helpless because someone died like a random stranger and yeah i said you know what no i'm confronting these people because they deserve to know who, who, I who I am and who's coming for them, and that and I felt like Jen would at that moment. I'm a samurai, but who's known as the ghost of Tsushima. That's another thing. This game does a cool thing of building your legend. It's like it's not you're not you're not your reputation, your reputation, and it's just so addicting. To the like you just like, want to see that grow more and more, and it just and it went with, it. and it motivates you to go on extra missions, get. Uh, you know, customization for your character. Pick like up every flower. Yes. Now, and all here's, those play a part. And here's one really cool thing that I discovered when I started New Game Plus right here. Oh, so it does. Okay. Yeah, there is a, there is a New Game Plus to it, but it starts you off like right after Jin gets his horse and you know rides don't, don't rides off into the yep. wilderness right there. Yeah. Like after the. Mm-hmm. After the prologue. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, so it starts you off right there, and you gotta choose like you know, uh, like a like one, like between one of two horses right there, like yep. whether his name is. But it's a pretty unique one, I will say. But um, right it, during New Game Plus, there's this merchant who's right there at the very beginning, who sells you unique unique dyes to your um, armor, and you can even play with the outfits of characters throughout the throughout the story 
So Ghost does a cool thing te- on a technical level where the game looks amazing. And there are literally little to no loading screens. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why that's because the the reason because of that is because you can't skip the cutscenes. I believe mechanically the cut the yeah. loading screens are behind the the cinematics, which is a brilliant way. Which to is do brilliant, it. but it's also got me thinking this is a long game. <laughs> so unless they kind of give me the option to skip the skip the cutscene down the future, and if not, I believe I'm going to wait for a new game plus within a year from now. Like, when I'm really feeling in a bummer mood, just like when All the Last of Us, I think that's when I'll pick it up again. Okay, well... And no. I kind of want to... I'm kind of excited at that, because if I do forget the feeling of like, oh, you know, this is the moment I should parry, or do this move, I'm kind of... I want to relive that I'm learning again. Yeah. Well, there, there is one critique I will say about its cutscenes, and mm-hmm. this is one that I think it's overlooked. Are we talking about the dub? No, like the, no, no, okay. no. I'm not talking about that, but I'll talk something about that. I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm going to say about its cutscenes is like when they do the cinematic ones that are, you know, like big story moments, they do it right. That is like really well produced and everything. My only, cri- my only gripe is uh, like when you do side quests mm-hmm. or moments that aren't like the big, huge story moments, like the beginning, middle, or end right there. The cutscenes just feel flat to me. Yeah, like I, I didn't get that. I haven't gotten that impression so far. They just felt flat because there's just a few camera angles from wide shots. They're definitely and, wide shots. And mm. there's too many camera cuts as well. Oh, that's what you meant by flat. Yeah. Okay, I thought you meant just... Yeah. They're like in-game conversations. Like in-game yeah. conversations. And another gripe on that as well is like when you go the samurai route and you do the standoff things, which mm-hmm. is where mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. if you come across a group of enemies... Your favorite function, by the yes. way. Yeah, when you come across a group of, of Mongols, you can... Uh, you can like literally slice them, like in half slice them in half. Like they do, they do, the, they do the whole samurai thing where they hold their position right there, wait for them to make the first move, and as you do, you mm-hmm. pull your sword out and cut them right there. My only gripe about that is when you press it, you know, it cuts to black, shows them walking up, cuts to black again, oh, okay, okay. does mm-hmm. that. When in like the 2018 uh, E3 trailer, it was all seamless. Okay, okay, I see what see, you're saying. I get what you're saying. And, um, you know... I'm okay with it. But no. I'm okay with it, but I think it would have been cooler if they left the uh, E3... Like, I, w- I, I agree with that. I wish that they just kept... Like, that's one thing The Last of Us Part Two did a little bit better is how... With their, uh, with their cut scenes is how everything was seamless there. You know what did a really good job? Uh, uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. It Every did. time you, like, were swinging to a new location... It would the cutscene would go into Miles jumping off of his swing and then landing, no matter what. So it would be really it, I don't know. It just gave you that feeling. Those of quick like, cutscenes. Yeah. Was, well, that's what I'm saying. It was all. It was seam- a seamless, seamless one. That's where that's where Ghost kind of dropped the ball in terms of some I'd of. Say dropped the ball. I'd say it would have been better if they left. I, it I just wish that they kind of kept it like that, like how they did in their E3 demo. And, and yeah. yeah. And as you were saying about the dubbing, um, like, now, let me be clear on this. I don't Go- think the English is bad. No, the English is great, but that's the thing. You see, Ghost of Tsushima is made by Sucker Punch Studios, who brought us the infamous series, the Sly Cooper series. So mm-hmm. You would they- not know this yes. from playing the game. So, so basically, Ghost of Tsushima is a Japanese setting game. We're that was made. lip syncing, right? That- no, 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 let me finish. 
Like it was. <laughs> Sorry, go on. It was very much a Japanese game that was made by Americans, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like what I'm saying is, yeah, it's set in Japan, and everything, but you'd be surprised it was made by Americans. But that's why. But yeah, that is, is it what. Really surprising though. Like we've had a fascination with them since. Yeah. Uh, well, here's like Samurai so, uh, wait, culture wait, wait. since no, like what, the 80s. No, the point. Was, okay. Well, here's the yeah. thing. So yeah, it, it it was a little. It is a little weird when you play this game in, with Japanese audio because all the all the actors acted this out in English with the facial capture and everything. Yeah. yeah. So and they didn't. Okay. And, and they didn't, you know, redo it or anything where they would be speaking Japanese. So like. When you play this game in uh, Kurosawa mode... Yeah, going back to that. Yeah. Yeah, so this is all clearly inspired by Akira Kurosawa's films of Samurai right here. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. And honestly, that let me just say this. The ending was super terrific, and it had that great Kurosawa theme in there. It was just beautifully well done. You feel like you're in a movie. It, it was just perfect. A but 1980s... When you, no, this was like 50s. Oh, sorry, 1950s. 50s, I'm thinking 40s, 30s, like very earlier decades. I will say I give them props because it wasn't just a black and white filter, which I believe they have. Yes. No, no, but no. you could see the film you could see like the You can see like the film yes. grain in there. Was, not even it, grain, the burns in general. It's just... Oh, the cigarette burns yeah, and everything. It's like, like it just has that perfect authenticity, but just the only thing that's distracting is like when they, when they close up on their faces and they're speaking Japanese, their faces are moving like as if they were speaking English. Well, yeah, that's... Okay, that's so the, the lip syncing, that was the one thing that kind of ticked me off because I played it in English, thought it was beautiful. And I was assuming that they also had a version where they, the animation, the lip sync was going to the uh, Japanese voices as well. Mm-hmm. Played but, five minutes of it, not in Kurosawa mode, just changed the language. And it's too noticeable for me. Uh, yeah. It almost feels like I'm watching one of, Joe, one of Jackie Chan's older movies where they don't, where they, the lip sync is off because obviously you're hearing it in English. Yep. But it's you know spoken in like it's spoken in uh, okay I, I can I can agree to so, that it would have been nice to have the option to keep it but, like but, that and then have one that just put but I understand same. at the same time that that's a whole other task because yeah, you're talking and, about redoing and this, this game and this a second and this time. was made and this was made by Americans as well so English was obviously probably the first I, language well at this point people hey, know look, look at look at the area we're living in though I, I think they could have if they wanted to. But look, credit where it is due. I mean, look at Demon Souls. But listen, yes. thank you. But here's the thing: credit where it is due. The, the English audio was really well acted. Oh, it was really good. In fact, it had it some. Great. It had some real Hideo. It had some really Hideo Kojima sounding dialogue in there, mm-hmm. like where, like that scene where Jin was talking to his uncle. That's an interesting comparison. Yeah, where mm-hmm. like that scene where Jin was talking to his uncle, and he and his uncle says, Jin. We are samurai. We fight with honor. And then Jin says, Honor died on that beach. So you haven't beaten the game, correct? I am at the very... Okay, we're not going to talk spoilers. Well, this was was in the trailer. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about... No, no, no. I'm at the last push to... uh, Not Kotal Khan, but uh, Kublai. Is it Kublai? Koten. Koten Khan. Either way, we're not going to talk about that. I'm right there where you're about to fight right before I got to this podcast. All I I can ask is, um, Koten Khan says that he's the grandson of Genghis 
one of the grandsons. Which that's... one? Which one though? Because Genghis Khan didn't fuck around when it came to fucking around. I know, but like, there was a hierarchy. There was a royal family that would, you know, he had a lot of bastard kids. I just gonna be honest there. And then there were ones that he said, you know, you're worthy of my legacy, my gold, my empire. And Kublai and Koden, if I'm pronouncing that right. Koten. Koten and one other, you know, there were three in total. So Koten was real. This yes. is just some fiction. He had a different one. name, though. Like, I was going back earlier uh, today looking at, you know, like the historical record of his, like, family tree. He had a different name that sounded like Koten. Okay, well... I, I understand that um, you know they you know writers can take creative liberties when it comes to writing stuff like this. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, a lot of people didn't notice this, but YouTuber Dartigan on one of his Everything Wrong with videos pointed this out actually that uh, the like like for example the the samurai didn't invent the uh, katana that Jin wields until later into the invasion mm-hmm. uh, of the Mongols. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but the, in, the, in the beginning, Jin already has a katana that was passed down from generations with his uh, clan. So, I don't know. Dardigan pointed this out, and I'm just repeating it here. I think it could have been a pretty cool um, gameplay twist. Like, what if we start off with the first swords the samurai used, and then later in the game, the katana is invented, and it gives you a new gameplay edge right there? Maybe. That would have been kind of interesting. A different reality that we just, I don't know. I don't know, just what if. That's just what I'm saying. I'd have to look more into, like, I, I want to say that was the the staple weapon of that time. I could be wrong. Like, there was a video by... Um, I'm going from the a- average casual, like me, who were just like, oh yeah, Samurai, Katana. Yeah. I don't know, just maybe that could have been some historical accuracy thrown in there. Uh, any last but, thoughts on this? Uh, oh, um, so... There is an added feature to it. Um, the It's DLC now, but it's an online mode where you can play with three other people. And I, I know, I know, I know, but guys, guys, you gotta try it. Get your friends. I'm waiting for my friends to level up so they can play with me. <laughs> but, like, it's so much fun. Like, when, when you think you're done with the game, there's it, you're, you're playing as, like, demons, basically. Like you're you're human, but like like demons. You're different. Uh, the the legend is you are playing as other ghosts. Jen wasn't the only ghost the on the island that was defending against other. bandits. Uh, I need bandits. a healer, damn it! I, yo, what level are you? <laughs> Two. <laughs> I'm like ninety three. I'm catching up, bro. I'm catching. Up. I'm an assassin. All right. Uh, All are you right. playing online? Uh, I'm going to start playing online. Add soon. me, add me, both of but you. But one, one more thing I want to say on this game is honestly, I can't recommend the, it enough. This is the Assassin's. I can't find anything wrong with it. Really. Assassin's Creed. This is the Assassin's Shadow Creed in, in. This is the Assassin's Creed in Japan that we should have gotten years ago, but we didn't, and Sucker Punch yeah. did it much better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, can we also... Okay, weird, weird thing. This yeah. is also, in my opinion, because of the cape. Uh, Jen has a cape. I wear a cape. I don't know about you guys. I wear a cape as Jen. No capes. And the fact that this game <laughs> no, is just so capes. beautiful. The fact that this game is just so beautiful. And like sunsets and shit like that. Oh, yes. 
and then it gets to like literally night um and i wear all black for the most part not anymore now i have the traveler's outfit but i I wore black for majority of the game um this is like uh what is it an eight what's the time frame uh I, I want to say it's like 1279. Uh, tw- so that would be the 11th century. 12, I think it's 1274, so it's be 13th century. So 13th yeah. century. This is 13th century Batman. <laughs> <laughs> the Arkham series, but like in Japan. Okay. Okay, not Lar. I don't want to compare it to the Arkham series. I, I I'm just saying. I guess the fact that he's building this legend, he's putting fear into these people. <laughs> and, but in the most violent okay. way. But. He just looks okay, mainly because I love Batman Begins. It just looks that good. I'm just like, this is the best Batman game ever. <laughs> the moment you realize they actually did take a few elements from it in a few ways, because I loved the Batman Arkham games, and I, I slept on those. And, I would and say I, definitely this game, as far as gameplay, it reminds me a lot of uh, Shadow Mortar slash yes. uh, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. Definitely. Well, the Japanese Assassin's Creed guys, check it out. And be sure to check out Persona Five Royal. Do not miss out on that Persona one. Persona Five, definitely. Persona Five Royal. Yes, yeah. Persona Five Royal is the actual definitive edition. Uh, I've nope. heard great things about it. My friend also has it, and he loves it. Yeah, I just I fell in love all over again. Invest another hundred hours into it. Real quick, uh, yeah, I got one last thing. I was gonna say, just real quick, yeah, one game I'm considering. It was three games, but I'm considering one. Uh, 2019 was when someone introduced me to the Yakuza series. Love them, and no, it's not Yakuza Seven, like a dragon. Uh, I just, I, me personally, I don't really enjoy turn-based games. Uh, really? Yes. Uh, so yes. I mean, it's a preference. I'll, I'll definitely. It's an acquired it's, taste. It's there are certain games I've. Takes one to make you fall in love with him. He hasn't found I'm right now going... Okay, off topic real quick. I'm going through the Trails of Cold Still series? Trails of of Cold Still series, yes. I bought them all the games. I own them all. Because they were on sale for like the Japan Japan thing that was going on sale. And like November, all Japanese games were going on sale. Bought them all. Because they made one of my favorite games of 2018 when they brought it to the PS4 from the Vita, and that was Tokyo Xanadu. And that was an action with RPG elements. That was an action RPG. That was action-based. I loved it. The storytelling was so fun. It was cool. It was set in modern Tokyo, and it was fun. And I actually... Okay, not going to talk on the tangent. Yeah. But okay, so that was fun. Heard this was by the same company, and this was one of their original games. But it happened to be turn-based. But I gave it the benefit of the doubt. I'm going through it. It's kind of losing me a little bit. But I am getting through it slowly because the characters are actually well-written. That being said, uh, Yakuza, like a dragon? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Love the characters. I actually watched the whole Let's Play on YouTube. Fun, but I don't think I'll ever touch that game. I'm talking about the remastered games of 3, 4, and 5. I'm not going to go into depth about Yakuza. Either you know it or you don't. I don't know it, but I definitely want to check so it out. So if, you, if you're going to check it out, people recommend Zero because it's a prequel. However, I recommend Yakuza Kiwami, which is one. Okay. And then you can go from there. Uh, it's balls to the walls crazy. 
We and like that's it. all I'm going to say because we there's, all there's no that. way I'm going to talk about that. And, hey, uh, and I heard Yakuza Zero has one of the best one-liners I've ever heard from a, another video. They all have amazing oh, one-liners. They, okay. Every hour they're being... Okay, okay. Just, if you want to hear this one that I heard from Zero. Okay. Yeah. Sure. A good pizza is like a new marriage. Oh my god. Enjoy it while it's hot. I'm the Kangles. <laughs> That is true. Uh, <laughs> you've never been married. How can you say that? No, I'm talking about. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I'm talking about the one liner. Oh, okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> You're over here laughing in my face, and I'm like, yeah. No, I've never been married. That is. I'm not gonna be polite. That's funny. I'm just like, that went over my head that, completely. That, that, came, that came from a side quest in Zero, where you, where, where this one, where this one lady is. We literally okay. No, you know what? Don't even describe it. We can talk about it off air because if you talk about one side quest, it's gonna be like, huh? What? And then you have to talk about yeah, it's, it's just the same. Um, all right. So yeah, that's all I. Cool. That's all I have to add. That franchise finally closed it off. I finally got caught up. Love that franchise. I'll play an eighth one if it comes out action based because it's a beat 'em up and I loved it. Uh, also, the spinoff Judgment that was cool, but that came out in twenty nineteen, I believe. Uh, I know it's a twenty eighteen game, but we've been in you know lockdown for the most part, so Among Us was fun and I enjoyed it. If it's you haven't played Among Us, fun. it's the thing. The thing, they, the video game. The video game. If you haven't played Among Us, I recommend getting a group of friends. You can download on your phone. PC, PC. That's all. Now, I and, definitely and recommend now, getting together. And, and now you're a Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This whole thing was an accident, by the way. Like the developers did not plan on the game blowing up as big as it did. No, no. And when when it when people heard about it, they the servers crashed because of how popular it got. Well, I'm done with my list. <laughs> okay, so I, I got to few quick things. One. It only took two hours to get through. (laughs) (laughs) It's only one thing. I did. None of your fault. So, um, I'm kind of salty that the list we just went through had no multi... That's not... Multiplayer. That's fine. Say the game you love. Say the game that you enjoy. Okay. So, this is the game that got me through 2020, guys. It was next to Doom and Animal Crossing because of the community. Call of Duty... Cold, Cold War. War. Cold War. Well, no, Warzone, really. Well, yeah, well, that's part Because Cold War came out not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. But um, Warzone, that and just just being able to connect with my friends, especially now that they brought Black Ops, not Black Ops, Zombies. They brought Zombies back and just dropping in with your friends and staying up late and going through missions, upgrading your guns and having those like ah moments or just like you idiot just guys uh no matter where you are in the country um reach out to your friends play play an online game i know we've all been you know locked in shut in it's been crazy but i highly recommend play cold war play Warzone, play play a game with your friends have a laugh get serious cry just reach out to somebody and say i'm gonna shoot you in the face like that that's 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 the game yeah warzone warzone and cold war and zombies are what got me through 2020 
and seeing so many people come together for the moments that we could and slaughter each other yes it was was cathartic (laughs) and among us and just all all of you guys have really made this you know dampened you know the, the the negatives for this year and brought a lot of positives so like i hope this podcast wherever you're listening from or to we were able to make you laugh make you you know forget about you know everything that's going on and just have a moment of joy and hope you're having a great year and we hope things get better i Uh, yeah i was gonna say real quick what is everyone looking forward to as far as video games this year Ooh, okay um even though i wasn't going to play anything after Ghost of Tsushima. Um, definitely Persona 5, uh, Demon Souls. I'm super excited about that. Okay. Um, that's only on PS5. So yeah, okay, that's that. it's on the list. It's going to happen. Uh, I'd say I'm most excited for Resident Evil Village and... I'm a little iffy. I don't think I uh, will Dead watch Island. you play it or watch it. <laughs> I'm not buying not, not, not because out of the fear, but because I'm going through Resident Evil 7 right now. Mm-hmm. And it's I just can't handle first person anymore in general. I just get too nauseous. Let's see. And I thought it was the anxiety at first, and I was like, nope. I played Titanfall right after to calm me down, and I was just getting too nauseous. No, I well, I loved Resident Evil Seven. That was a great game, and I'm excited for its follow-up. As for other games, I am definitely excited for Persona Five Strikers, which is a new spin-off. Uh, that one is action-based. That isn't one's it? more action-based. Yeah, I this did one see had, that trailer. It's like uh, thought it was like Mario it's got, Strikers. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's got no. It's more like the uh, Dynasty Warriors. Type yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so definitely excited for that. Just to jump in, jump back in with the Phantom Thieves once again. And um, I'm trying to think. I'm definitely oh. excited for Resident Evil Seven, uh, Eight Village. Oh, definitely. I'm excited but cautiously, like definitely yeah, also optimistic. Ex- definitely also excited for the new Ratchet and Clank and the new, about that. and the new Horizon Zero Dawn. So the one I'm looking forward to is Psychonauts Two. Nice. Psych- no, you yeah. lie. I'm not lying. It's coming out this year. Hopefully. Hopefully this year. We're all talking about hopefully games we're excited for. We definitely know Resident Evil Village is coming. Yeah. Out. And hopefully it and comes strikers. out. Hopefully it comes out completed, oh. and we don't send death threats oh, to it, our game developers. Oh, here's people. here's oh, okay. one more. Here's one more that just got announced just yesterday, or the other day. Pokemon Snap for the Switch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, Pokemon Snap for the Switch is coming soon, and I cannot wait for it because. The original Pokemon Snap on the N64 was one of my favorite games on there. Also, this year is marking the, um, just in, ter- in terms of just wishful thinking, this, this year, 2021, is marking the 35th anniversary for Zelda and the 25th anniversary for Pokemon. So, here's to hoping that we get something special for both licenses, because I've heard rumors that we're getting a Ocarina of Time remake for the Switch. And hopefully... Is Breath of the Wild 2 coming out this year? I don't know. I heard... And, well, I, I can't speak on that. And we're also... And hopefully we can get that Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remake that people have been talking about. I don't know. I heard a whole lot of rumors on that. Oh, one last thing. Um, this won't be coming out this year, but I'm, it, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Dead Space, but there's something called oh. Callisto Protocol, which is by the same developer. Yes. The orig- before they went Dead Space 3 and, you know, yeah. Call of Duty did, um, they're going before back to their... Yeah. Um, 
they're going back to their roots and they had check out the trailer check out the red band trailer um they have you can see lots of little easter eggs that kind of like throw back to like isaac clark ellie um just just little nuances and it, it definitely looks exciting and they haven't really explained much of what's going on but i cannot wait for this game to be released oh and it's also like in PUBG's universe but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, which I'm okay with. People, people are going antsy, but like, oh no, it's like PUBG. No, it's in the same universe. Like they have nothing to do with each other. It just happens to take place in the same universe. It's like having Doctor Strange, and it's just like yeah, it's just it's all they're in the thing. same universe, but they're their own anthology, doing their own separate thing. Uh, there's one game we're looking forward to this year, and if this game, if this year saw me anything, is just like every other year. I'm actually not thinking it's going to come out this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think God of War Two is coming out. This oh yeah, time. Ragnarok. Yeah. No, uh, no, it's not. And and I, you know what? I'm 100, which is why I'm not saying I'm excited for that game to come out this year. If it does, cool. If it doesn't, I am for it not coming out this year. In my brain, it's like it's a it's a fall 2022 game. I'm which I'm like, you know what? That's fine. 2018. I was like two, four years. That's pretty good. You have enough time for it to clean up and all that good stuff because and no Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Well, now we have to say today. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in. I know it's been a crazy year. Tune in next time. We wanted to give you a longer episode this time. Yeah. Because of how long we've been gone. <laughs> yes. Hey, we've I, missed you. Hey, when I talk about my games, I like to make sure I get everything I can on the table. Don't we uh, know it? Alright, <laughs> uh, see y'all next time. Peace. Hey guys, just want to add a quick little addendum. Sorry I didn't talk much. I only played like two games that year, which were Warzone and Genshin Impact. Just want to give you a little heads up. And hope you have a good day. See y'all in the next episode.